Hey everybody, it's Blake. And this is Drew. And you're listening to the Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke Controllers podcast. Welcome to episode 57 of the podcast. Uh, per usual, we have two games and a movie for you today. But before we jump into that, I'm going to bust through every everywhere we are on the internet so you can find us and keep track of us. We are, of course, uh, on Twitter, Discord, Facebook, and Instagram, and Reddit. Those are all the general social media places you can follow us to kind of keep up with what the podcast is doing, when we record, when we release episodes. Uh, Sometimes we post funny screenshots and videos and stuff from our gaming, usually from Xbox stuff because it's so so much easier to get the pictures and videos from an Xbox than it seems to be from a PlayStation or the rare time we play a Switch game. We also have our lock stock and two smoking controller store of course there is all kinds of fun stuff in there to buy we've sold quite a few shirts nobody seems to want to buy those underwear that i work real hard to make no idea why somebody get on that we need to sell a pair of sexy underwear we do have uh patreon of course which is, you know, if you listen to podcasts, every, every podcast has a Patreon. It's really just a way, if you really enjoy a podcast and the work people put into their podcasts, it's just a way to give them a little extra support. So we appreciate anybody that does that. It just goes to, you know, general running of a podcast, all that fun stuff that we're not going to bore you with. I make a Spotify playlist for all the music of the bands I choose on this podcast, but we're not going to be adding to that this week. And while I'm saying this, I don't think I added the band from last episode, so I'm, I, might, I might need to do that while Blake talks about the game at first. <laughs> Shame on you. Yeah, I forget to, do, forget to do that sometimes. The last two things, of course, are we do have a second podcast. I'm not a host on the second podcast. I just produce and edit it, but we started another podcast uh, completely about movies with uh, with our friend, our good friend, Steve. That's uh, Blake and Steve take turns picking movies and uh, pretty much discussing them and trying to get people to watch these movies probably. They're not always uh, obsc- more obscure movies kind of. Well, they've done some more famous things on there. I think Blake tries to pick kind of more ex- obscure things on this podcast to get you. Like today he has a really obscure movie. But the fun of that podcast is they don't, uh, Blake and Steve, uh, the first time we, when you hear the podcast it's their first time discussing that movie. There's It's all fresh and their uh, their thoughts and stuff aren't influenced by you know by talking about it all week before the podcast. It's all fresh and you know stuff like that is the idea of that podcast. And that podcast is a full spoiler podcast, unlike uh, this one where we try our best not to ruin too many things for people. Uh, the next thing, of course, is Blake's story. We're always promoting that. Try to get him to write more. You can find that on Amazon. You just search 
they come this night. It'll pop up right away. I've searched it before. Uh, you can get that for free if you're an Amazon Kindle Plus, whatever it's called. Amazon. Kindle Unlimited. Kindle Unlimited. Remember, it's free on there, of course. And if you uh, don't have that, you can just throw Blake a dollar and it's, it's yours forever. I, I do ask, I forget sometimes, we do ask people because reviews help, but I don't really ask for reviews on the podcast because we're an obscure podcast. We're not going to get big anyway. Um, but if you read his story, write a review on Amazon, if you will, please. And we kind of, he kind of wants um, like real constructive criticism or like, you know, you like it or whatever. We, don't, we, hope, we hope nobody will go on there from the podcast and just write, you know, I love Blake because of the podcast. He wants real, real, real reviews for his story. So please read it and write a legitimate review if you can. And the last thing I think I've been through everything is uh, just, our e- just our email address. That's simple enough. You can write into the email address or any of the other social media places where you can get a hold of us. Uh, you can write in thoughts and feelings on any games, movies, bands, uh, stuff like that. Thoughts and feelings on us. And uh, near the end of the podcast, if we get anybody who will write in like that, because everybody seems real shy, because like I said before, we have listeners. I think they're just too shy to write in. Or our game, some of our games are too obscure that nobody wants to... Talk about wants to play them or talk about them, but uh, one of our games actually is a uh, a listener a listener wrote in. We'll, we'll say that here in a minute when, when we get to that game. So we will, if you request a game, we'll we'll look at it and we'll we'll consider playing it if it's up our alley. It is easier if the game is on <laughs> Game Pass, which unfortunately both our games one is still on Game Pass and then one had just left Game Pass, and we're trying real hard not to be the game pass podcast but there's so many games on there and when they're leaving we rush to play them and then when that ends up we've spent so much time playing games that are leaving game pass that we don't really have time for anything else it's a weird conundrum we're in right now like a double-edged sword i guess of game pass and make it a video game podcast it's fine it's fine it gives us games to talk about you know i don't i know we have game fly of course but i don't know if we've beat any recent Gamefly games we keep sending them back which is kind of the point of Game Pass Gamefly anyway but you can write into the email address all this stuff I just talked about uh, all links to all this stuff if you don't feel like searching or looking us up links to everything is in the show notes it's easy as it's clicking on one of the things and it'll take you right to it give us a follow give us a whatever you want to do to keep track of us and uh, we'll do that I think I forgot to talk about Twitch but Twitch is simple of course all most video game podcasts will have a Twitch. We occasionally, we've been so busy trying to play other games, we haven't Twitched in a while. We usually try to Twitch a co-op game on the weekends when we can, but we've been so rushing through beating, again, beating things on Game Pass, we haven't really had time to Twitch. We have a game we've been playing. Um, that we need to get back to. We need to get back to Ashen. We did play a few weekends of Ashen, which is a game we actually purchased, so we want to get back to Ashen as soon as we can, but... Well, in the world of infinite video games, you're always playing catch-up. Very much so. I think that's everything that I have. So I'll let Blake get into our first of our two games for this episode. The first game we're going to be talking about is called The Artful Escape. See a blonde-haired boy he be playing in the fields And his daddy lifts him up on his steering wheel 
says one day, son, this all be yours and the banks of the rivers. Now, it was originally titled The Artful Escape of Francis Vendetti. Like when they first tried to show it at like certain games, but that was a too long of a name and they're like who's Francis Vendetti like it was a real person such an indie name to name something indie studio name and so they, they ended up chopping off the of Francis Vendetti and just calling it The Artful Escape mm-hmm. now it's developed by a company called Beethoven and Dinosaur it's a it's only five people and they're uh, based out of Australia now kind of one of the cool things is the founder of the company is a gentleman named Johnny Galvatron <laughs> Really? Yeah, uh, and he is part of a indie rock group from Australia called the Galvatrons. He changed his last name to Galvatron, or he just goes by that. No, he name? took the he changed it <laughs> from the based off the 1986 Transformers movie Galvatron. Yeah, it's funny. He legally changed his name to Galvatron. Yeah, and they've been around since doing music since two. They were four piece band, been doing music since 2007, and they're still making stuff today. Is there music in the game. Uh, no. <laughs> I, you have a band, you make a game about music, and you don't put your band his in His genre it. didn't match the style, I guess. I guess. That's but, funny. So, I, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then, there's some, like, behind-the-scenes stuff that kind of happens, because, unfortunately, they did have a, a failed... Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, I thought <laughs> I said fortunately for a second. Unfortunately, they had a failed Kickstarter. For this game? Mm-hmm. I mean, for all the all the you know handful of successful ones you see on the internet, like the people post about exciting successful ones, there's thousands of tens of thousands of failed ones. So it's not obviously it's your chances are you know dependent on how your game and your reach, how far Kickstarter goes is really up to a little bit of luck sometimes. A lot of time. But what happened is I guess he, the this Johnny Galvatron is so charismatic, or maybe he's just People are fan. I, I don't know his music. I didn't really look into it. Uh, but he's must be. You know, he's charismatic, and he really cares about the video games because he says he loves making video games. He definitely wants to make more. You know, it's the only thing he does when he's touring. Did you say this was the first first game? This is their first, first game. And only. Okay. He definitely wants to make more. But it is hard to fund games. But he got not lucky, but he kind of knew who he was doing because he had friends in the industry already, and he spoke to them when the Kickstarter failed about certain things to do. Mm-hmm. So they took all the money from the Kickstarter and started. And he used his own personal money to help keep it going. And in the process, they also... You get the money from a failed Kickstarter? I don't know. I don't know if they charge you if it failed. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe if I've it never fail. I've honestly never... I've given to a couple of Kickstarters, but I've never given to a Kickstarter that failed. Because I usually wait until they're kind of close. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, all right, now's the time. Well, regardless, it, whether I, I don't know if they kept the money, but he had money, I guess his own money, mm-hmm. and he used it to go ahead and start so he, they could get a, a product to show people. Yeah. And then with that, he was able to apply for a grant from Unreal and Epic Games. That They do that? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, but you have to use their engine. You have to show what you're doing and promote that you're using their engine in a, a fascinating way or just showing off their engine in a cool, you know, you just have to show. Does over. the Unreal Engine really need more promotion? I don't know. It's like the number one engine in the industry. But it, it got them their start, yeah. which was a, a $20,000 grant. 
which is twenty thousand dollars is nothing to scoff at. Yeah. Well, one, it's it's funny the value of money mm-hmm. to people because twenty thousand dollars is a whole lot of money to an indie developer, and twenty thousand dollars to Epic is what they put on their toilet paper rolls in their offices and wipe their butts with. And all ones. And in, in ones. I mean, because if people don't know who Epic is, we got Jesus Christ. I mean, after. After they got away from the Gears of War franchise, they've made Fortnite. So it's a turned into a multi-billion multi dollar company. So $20,000 is really, they. I think at lunchtime they get piles of it. And after they eat, they just throw piles of it out their windows and let it fly. No, the they air. wouldn't share it with people. They burn it. Well, they got to they, they use it some way. Yeah. So they can, you know, <laughs> yeah. can't use all that money. And so with that grant of the $20,000, they were able to use what they had, and then get additional help from a Steam Greenlight project. Mm-hmm. Where they were like, oh, we'll, you know, we'll front some costs on what you've done, and we'll help, you know, we'll, yeah, we'll help get Steam, your game Steam out. Steam will promote you on their front, yeah. page, their front page and stuff like that. And so also, with the help of Steam, uh, the, he then took, we got this grant, we got Steam, I've backed money. I'm, he's, he's in a lot of footwork. Yeah. And because he's only five people, so he's probably the. I, I assume he's the one doing most of it. He's also the bigger name. Yeah, is he? Um, obviously, he's the president of, of his little company. Does he do any of the actual? I don't developing? think so. So he's like the, the money. He guy wrote. Them. He helped uh, score some of the music, and he wrote some of the story. Okay. Director, I think he wrote a lot of the. He co-wrote a lot of. So the he story. did a lot of the work of just getting getting the money to help them keep going. He, yeah, he doesn't yeah. know. He he loves playing video games. And he likes make. He likes seeing behind the scenes, but he himself, I don't think, knows how. He's not a, no, he's not a coder or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But then with all that, uh, the him funding it, him getting the grant, him doing and getting all this out there, and he was like, oh, it's a failed game, but it had kind of like a bit of a story behind it when he went to people. And then uh, with all that stuff and being greenlit with uh, Steam, another publisher, a actual, uh, not another, but a publisher reached out to them, one that's pretty prone to awesome indie games, uh, Annapurna. Annapurna Interactive. Uh, we have, we've played a lot of Annapurna. We don't talk about publishers a whole lot, but they pop up in a lot of indie games, and quite a few we've played on this Yeah, we, just, we, we don't mention publishers usually. But yeah, there's been, their name pops up on a bunch. But literally, uh, I'll just rattle off, what, Edith was published by them. Mm-hmm. What happened to Edith Finch? Donut Country County. <laughs> uh, Outer Wilds. This. Ashen. God, really? Uh, and uh, Gone Home. Yeah, see, so it's pretty so, pretty active. So there, yeah. There's probably a bunch of games that they've published that we that we know about, and just haven't played yet. That's a, that's a pretty good list of things we put on the podcast that are just published by this publisher. They literally, all those except for the last two. Yeah, publishers are really just money people. That's all a publisher is. What's when we get annoyed? I don't know if you look on your PlayStation or your Xbox store, maybe maybe even your Switch stores when it when it, when you look at a game, and it says a company beside it, it's always the publisher pops up first, and we're just like. Give credit, you know. Give credit to the people who actually made the game. You have to like click on a game and really scroll down sometimes. Yeah. To I don't know if the PlayStation Store even shows you who developed, who actually developed the game. Even when you Xbox, look, you have to click on it and scroll down way down to the bottom to see who the actual developer is, which I think is strange. Even when you look at it, like you go, you go to details. It says developed by, or it says published by, and then developed by. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. people like while we're obsessed with publishers, people get. I mean. I don't, I don't know. know. I'm, I'm not getting to the publisher. That's why we don't talk about publishers because it's it's annoying and the bigger ones are even more annoying. That's why we don't. But talk I just about because these that's people a fun support. Little, that's a fun little publisher. Yeah, they support some indie stuff, and I just thought it was cool that you know they reach out to them and say, "Hey, we want to help. We want to help." Yeah. And now, 
as we talk about this, this is an Xbox only game, and oh. it is digitally only. Really, Xbox only? It's Xbox only. Is that? I don't know if that's part of the. Uh, we said this game is launched on Game Pass with uh, help of Steam. With help, I don't know. Well, Steam's with, maybe it's money, but yeah, they help with uh, promotion and stuff. So like is that. it not? Is the game not on Steam? Not that I could tell. It says Xbox only. That's so strange. Maybe when I looked it up, it says it's only available on Xbox. I don't know why Steam would promote it and then not put it on their maybe platform. It's a, maybe it's a limited thing because it was launched on Xbox and wanted to get the most maybe part of Maybe part of the Game Pass contract to be only on there for a little while or something. But I'm sure when it, once it leaves, it'll be available. But as of right now, this is a fairly new game. Oh, it came out. Brand, brand new. Like it launched like what, a month or two ago? September 9th, yeah. to 2021. It's guess, a very brand new game. Here's a good place as any to say this is a game that our, uh, one of our listeners, our cousin Brian, uh, did message me on something discord or somewhere to say it was something we should uh check out so thanks brian for writing in and giving us a recommendation so people know we if you write something in we will at least look at it and possibly play it yeah yeah i mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean so artful escape granted it's something that would we would have uh when it was leaving game pass we would have looked at real quick because it does have a it had a ta guide almost right away because we'll get into how simple the game is, but it had a TA. I mean, the game is a month or two old. It had a TA guide right away. So he mentioned it. I looked it up. I was like, hey, we'll go ahead and play this now, I guess, because you know he asked us to look into it. So otherwise, the game probably would have been one of the one of the things I said. It's leaving. Play it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do that enough as it is. Yeah. We have one of those we have, going. We have on. one right now. Yeah. One but it's just one, one out of just, the five that are leaving. It was like six games leaving. We're playing one of them. Whew. And so. There's some stu- other stuff I'll talk about, but maybe those would be like closing thoughts. Just kind of like... Is it more about the developer? Or? Well, it's how he came to be, like how the story and everything, like what inspired him to write the story. You can, once you do that, we'll go into the story, and then we'll talk about the story a little bit, and then we'll do the art. Okay. So, a couple of things that inspired him is... Myth? No. <laughs> no, uh, he, drew in, he drew inspiration... Cause he he uh he watches movies and plays video games when he's on tour. He doesn't even. He's like, I know my songs. I don't practice. <laughs> so, but he said well, for inspiration for the visual effect of the of the game, which we'll get to that in a minute. But the visual effect, he said he drew heavy inspiration from Wes Anderson uh, and Spielberg and Kubrick, with a lot of the the crazy camera angles and some of the. I could see. I could see all of it. See the Wes Anderson more? No, oh, yeah, with the 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 wonky dialogue. Not even when that and the the kind of a little bit of the, of the way it looks. I don't see the Kubrick really. Two thousand one Space Odyssey, boom done. You think so? You you played the game, of course. I mean, I mean, it's primarily I mean, I mean, two thousand one. This movie is this game is really a Space Odyssey, really more than anything. Maybe that's his influence. Is this game is a Space yeah. Odyssey? Well, because the story behind it, he's like. I want to make the game like how David Bowie became Ziggy Stardust. And that's basically like that. Well, that, I, that I see. That single thought is what drove the game. Yeah, that I, that is more clear than the other, other yeah, things. Yeah, that's literally. I don't know, the Spielberg, I guess, because it's a, a whimsical adventure. Maybe. And it's colorful and colorful everything. And, yeah. yeah. It's, get, it's very kid-friendly. But that Ziggy Stardust thing makes more sense yeah, than they, anything they, else. How David Bowie became Ziggy Stardust. Yeah. This is this story. Yeah, basically. And, yeah, <laughs> pretty much it. Um, you were to jump into it, and I'll nitpick a few other things that we go into. Yeah, so how, how do you want to... 
We say that art is hard to always say well, in words. Let's do uh, genre, a little bit of music, and we'll try to tackle the art because that would be the hardest thing, I think. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, art's the, it's the artful escape. You can say the You can do all that, whatever. I don't, I don't matter to me. I just said the art's going to be the hardest thing to do for sure. Like, it's a side scrolling platformer slight puzzle. Yeah, very slight light, puzzles that you yeah. can't fail. Yeah, very light puzzle. And so. The music is folk music and primarily just one folk song that gets played on repeat. Oh, does it? I didn't even notice. Well, because it's, it's that one song. The song that he's famous for? Well, his uncle is famous for, yeah. Oh. And then when he's not, you know, pretending to enjoy folk music, which you learn very quickly, so no spoilers on that, is uh, he can shred and wail on his electric guitar. And I mean shred and wail like... Like, yeah. he, you know, shredding and wailing. Spend most of the game doing that while you walk around. Because that's what, like, lights up the world, kind of. Like, activates these other planets and stuff. You're on it, like, wailing on your guitar. Apparently every, every alien and planet in the universe loves when you wail on a guitar. It brings life to everything. Just, it lights up everything around you. The yeah. energy he's putting into it. It's... And like, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it really I mean, is. It, yeah, there's no there's, like, there's no. The games. We'll get to the story a little bit, but the game, the art is what the get. This game is really they put a lot into the the way this game looks. And I, I said it's hard to explain how a game looks, but like this game is just a visual. Everything, every cause you go to different planets, you see different aliens, and you do different things. But this game is really like it's the art extravaganza. And then you have the where you can, you can just kind of run along, or if you wail, it starts like I said, it's just activating things, and things start happening around you. You don't really interact with much of anything. Your interaction is wailing. There's wailing on the guitar. You just kind of hold. And for the gameplay wise, you kind of just hold to the right, and you can jump a little bit, and you hold a button to just wail on the guitar. Um, that's where I kind of got um, a little bored of the game because literally all you do, people will, com- will complain about this isn't really a game because all you do is hold right. But I mean. And there's no real fail state. There's no fail state. You fall out, you miss a jump, you disappear right before it and try again. But it's some of these things are a sight to behold. I did write that um, some of these sections, like you're, when you first get to a place and you start seeing everything light up and look cool, and I, I wrote down that some of these sections, do, it goes on for too long. Like the wonder, the wonder kind of wears off because you're like walking. And if something you should do for like a minute or two minutes before you move on. You end up doing it for five or more minutes, and you're kind of like, and it's kind of it kind of gets where it somewhat repeats a little bit. The areas do. You're kind of you get to like, okay, I kind of, I get it. You know, I want to want to see the whatever 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 you've got for me next. And that's one of the things that I yeah. Wrote I would, down. Do you, do you think sink some sex? Do you agree or you think it it does? I agree. Does its thing. I think the well, okay. This is a musical taste. Also, when it comes to it, like I don't mind. Like the music we listen to, we listen to some of the the heavier stuff, some rock, some metal. Well, they should know that by just listening. To yeah, our, just listen as you can tell band. by the songs. Now, I'm not a huge fan of you know the two minute guitar solo. I don't fully understand it. I get it, you're awesome, but there's only so much you can do, and it becomes repetitive. And it's you know it's an amazing thing, but then after a while, it just becomes noise to me. Yeah, and that's what that's what you're when you're holding right and holding down the whale button, which is what the game wants you to do. Because if you're not hitting the whaling, 
and the backgrounds aren't doing anything. Yeah, they're not lighting up. So they up want there. you to like wail the entire time, and the wailing does. Like I said it just becomes noise. Just falls after into the, yeah. after a while. It's just it's just noise. And I couldn't tell if it's repeating or if it's randomly like did, did they play a play a bunch and just randomly connect different sections together or if it's just I think it was like an ongoing loop like a I couldn't tell how long it was because it all kind of starts to sound in the I would I would honestly I would stop playing for a while I'm like I'm tired of hearing this <laughs> but but every alien you run into thinks it's the the greatest thing to ever grace their ears which is pretty it's, 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 that's actually kind of funny like every alien or every little thing you run into it talks to you and they're like oh that's incredible uh, do that again little man <laughs> yeah speaking of that there's there is oh, actually is voice acting thankfully I, there is a phenomenal uh i'm gonna spend just a tiny little bit i'm not going to detail on every single person yeah there's actually some there's some they actually now for a small place that he, struggled he, to get money he landed some actual he, he i don't know if he did it but he landed they landed some actual famous people to do voices in this which i thought was pretty crazy <laughs> So I'm gonna talk really quickly about the the main bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 main character is Francis Vendetti, and the uh, the actor who plays him has got a pretty decent sized uh, live action versus voice acting career. Only like I say, only it's like 43 things, but he's doing pretty well for himself. Uh, his first couple of things, his, his, I think his first big big thing was he played a character named Corey Bryant. On the MTV Teen Wolf show, and he played that for uh, several seasons. It looks like at least two or three. And then in the another a video game, uh, Tales of Zestria, mm-hmm. he does a character named Mick Leo. Yeah, we haven't played Zestria yet. He does the voice in uh, all the renditions of the anime. They did like two versions of it. Gosh. X the series, and then Dawn of the Show. Okay, they did a movie and then a show. Okay, yeah, that's a- yeah. And then uh, he has, and more recently, I think is one of the biggest, hugely popular, is uh, in Demon Slayer. Mm-hmm. He's a character named uh, Shoichi. Yeah, we heard that anime is good, and it's big enough, apparently, that they ad- they advertised that movie in, in theaters. So. A Mugen Train, whatever it's called, yeah. advertised in theaters. So now he does the anime, and then the he does the English uh, voice acting for mm-hmm. the video for a video game. Yeah. So he's doing pretty well for for he's young too, so he's got plenty of room to go. Mm-hmm. Now besides him, he's the main character. So I went into him first. I'm not going to go huge detail to all these other people, but it is an ensemble cast, like a hundred percent ensemble. You know how? I mean, I don't know. I love to in your history of your thing how they how he managed to they didn't say nothing about it. You know, it didn't. It, it didn't say. He just, he's the guy. They, they, they got these people. They're like, hey, do you want to do some voice acting? And Go ahead about the names of these people. All right, so um, we have first, I don't want to say first and foremost, but first we have Carl Weathers, who uh, more recently is in Mandalorian. He's uh, the guy who runs the Bounty Hunter Guild. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also Apollo Creed from the Rocky movies, mm-hmm. and he's Carl Weathers. He was in Predator and so many other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have Lena Hetty. Mm-hmm. Who is Cersei Lannister? I mean, she's also in Three Hundred and that remake in two thousand eleven, Dread. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have Mark Strong, who is a phenomenal actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Well, the only thing I come off the top of my head right now is he was in uh, the Kingsman, Kingsman Golden Circle, and Kingsman. He plays Merlin, mm-hmm. and so many other things. Fantastic yeah, long, actor. Been acting for a long, long time. Ooh, uh, he was uh, the main. He was the antagonist in Shazam a few years ago. He was the main guy. He was the oh, bad Shazam, guy. Shazam, okay. And then we have uh, this is kind of cool because I mentioned earlier that he drew inspiration from uh, Wes Anderson mm-hmm. and now he has an actor who's appeared in every single Wes Anderson movie mm-hmm. uh, Jason Schwartzman wow that's crazy I don't know how he managed to do that, all that stuff I mean and the other thing is there is a character who in the game uh okay we put we played the game with a guide mm-hmm. and after a certain point the guide's like hey you're about to encounter an alien and if you're playing headphones, turn it down or take your headphones off. My favorite character in the game. That's the director. That's him. That's him he's doing the screaming into the microphone. He's doing the voice work for him. Yeah, oh, that's so funny. I told I told Mike about that character because the guy uh, said warned war, you. I was like, eh, it can't be that bad. But it's it's just a literally an alien that uh, Calavaggio. Yeah, it, Calavaggio. It doesn't say a lot on lines, but it it like shares its feelings through words, but it screams them at the top of its lungs. It's, I was, it's so, we're not going to do here. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, I'm not, not going to do it. He only has like what four lines, maybe, but it's so funny. It's, it's he was my favorite four lines in the entire game, probably because he just screams him at the top of his lungs. Like, because you're one of them is like you're, you're you're finished and you're about to leave, and he goes, "Whimpering sadness." <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was good. And like I said, there's like quite a few others, but those. Those are the big hitters, and all the voice acting was great. Yeah, finally to have it. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe you ask around. We talk about all smaller developers who can't, who don't have voice cast for their games. This guy has a failed Kickstarter, has five members on his team, and he landed this list of voice actors. Come on, developers. I mean, it's maybe maybe he had a hard time. Maybe I mean, who knows how he paid for them or what he did or what kind of favors he has to do for these people. Because yeah, but that's you got a an incredible cast up. for this game now. Incredible cast leads us into a, I think maybe now a, a story that it starts off okay, but then eventually, like it starts off normal, and then a, we get to where you get to like where the story just yeah it okay. goes way off the rails into science into the sci-fi and everything else that's gone. But you could start you know say how it, how it kind of begins. I, so and, go ahead and do a spoiler alert if you haven't played the game. Go play. I'm not going to go full spoilers, but I will do some spoiling. Can't spoil, can't spoil a large part because we don't, don't understand what was going on at a certain point. Talking about Space Odyssey and stuff like that. So kind of the, the whole point of it is, uh, again, I've said it a few times, you play the character Francis Vendetti. Mm-hmm. And now your uncle was a hugely, hugely popular uh, folk singer, mm-hmm. uh, Johnson Vendetti. He's from that town, the town you started in. Calypso, only, Colorado, which yeah, is a real town. Yeah, the only people, all people care about, the town, all the whole town cares about is him and then the fact that his nephew now plays music. That's all, the only thing the town can talk about. Now, a, a random side note is uh, the character model and backstory of this Johnson Vendetti is actually based, they based it off Bob Dylan. Okay. How he looks, how he, the music he played, and everything, even to a point, uh, his number one song that they keep that your character is supposed to play to really rock it out is, it's a song about a miner's daughter, and one of his biggest songs is called "Miner's Daughter." <laughs> so it's just a big, huge homage to Bob Dylan. Yeah. Now, 
You don't, you don't actually see that character, though. You see a picture of him. Because he's, he's dead. Yeah. Because yeah. what happens is you're the nephew of this gentleman, and it's coming up on the eve of the 20th anniversary of his best-selling record of all time. And the, the town is literally playing it through speakers. Yeah. I'm ta- like on the loud, like the, uh, PA, the system. emergency system broadcasting, playing that song, yeah, like on every way you cannot avoid it. Yeah. And everyone's so excited for you. And a few people are like real jealous, like, Oh, like, well, why do we have to open for you? We're better musicians than you. You will be playing. You know, it's just one of those, you know, you're in the shadow of a bigger figure in your family. It's a story that's been written forever and will continue to be written forever. And the, the game starts. You're sitting up on this high peak looking out of town. You can still hear the music in the background, like very in faded. City, but you it's can, You can see the city over the... It's over like the, oh, that way, off way this in cliff. the background, yeah. yeah. And well, so, town, town, I guess. you know, you have some little, you know, choices, some inner monologue. He's like, ugh, ugh do I want to do this? Can I do this? Uh, you know, just some existential crisis stuff. And then he plays the song. It's like hold X to play folk music. And he mm-hmm. plays the song. He doesn't sing it, but he's like, oh, no, no, he plays the song. And he's like, <sighs> and then he was like, hold X to wail. And he's, you know, he does all the crazy wailing. And some random person was like, hey, that's pretty good. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm a folk singer. I do folk music. I don't know. And he says he's been told his is whole. That, is that that girl? That other yeah, girl? Violetta. Violetta. He's been forced to be in his uncle's shack because it's not what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. He wants to wail and shred and make awesome, you know, loud, screamy music. But he can't because he's got his family to keep to honor and his uncle to to hang over his head even longer. Yeah. And then you you meet this girl, and everything seems normal. And she was like, "If you want to hang out again, come to Lightman." And he's like, "I've lived in this town twenty seven years. What's Lightman?" She's like, "Oh, you might be hip enough." Bye. And she just leaves him. And so there's a little mystery of running. You know, it's like a platforming jump all the way back to town, so on and so forth. Blah, just blah, running blah. through the forest and just running. I mean, all you do is run left or run right. And Do you even get the wailing feature doesn't even kick in until later? Yeah, you did it right, right there in the beginning just for the little intro part. And then it's just running around and, and talking to people. Running and platforming and, you know, getting, you know, world building and figuring out how sad this dude's life is, frankly. Everyone yeah. just because you walk through town and you're talking to everybody. Everybody's nice to him, of course, because they all love him. But they love they love him. his uncle. They don't know him exactly, but they treat him in a nice way. It, it, don't, it don't seem insincere or mean. Yeah, it but... Seem, yeah but everybody just kind of everybody's happy to see him and talk to him and stuff like that. But I think it's, it's probably because he knows it's just because he only loved me because I'm, I'm who, who my uncle was, kind of thing. And then lo and behold. Uh, this is where it gets weird. Out of nowhere, uh, you, you finish the day, and you're like, Ugh, you go to bed. And a crazy beam of light appears. And you're like, what is that? And so you sneak out of your house and follow the beam of light, and you meet an alien <laughs> named uh, Zom, who's literally a cloak filled with tentacles and a fishbowl head that's a skull. Yeah. Uh, your character's not at all terrified. Yeah. Uh, all the crazy, wacky stuff you and you see some boggling things, yeah. some Lovecraftian horrors that are not trying to kill you. They're, trying, they're being friendly, yeah, but they're they're a hundred percent Lovecraftian horrors. Yeah, but colored pretty. Yeah, so, yeah. My main character just kind of rolls with that. Rolls with the fact he's talking to an alien. Yeah, 
they're just kind of like, come on, dude, you're not happy. We can take you somewhere where you can be happy and play the music you want to play. And he's like, no, 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 I can't, I can't. And responsibility here. Yeah. Like that. And they're like, oh, yeah? Well, here, and they give him a, this brand new guitar that whenever he wails on it, he has to wail. He can't play the front He has to wail. And whenever he does, it surges with energy and it starts lighting up the entire city with like neon lights yeah it lights the city yeah you get to walk around the city and wail a bit and light it up it's an achievement for lighting every single building up that you can't miss but if you light up everything you have an achievement for it you can miss that achievement if you don't go like you know if you drive the elevator down you don't go left to the dead end you go straight right and stuff like that you can oh, miss okay. the achievement <sighs> but you light the whole place up and I'm, I, it takes two minutes it's not yeah. the city's not that big the city's kind of cool because it's like in, in, on a mountain it's tiered the tiered city that has elevators that go up and down to like the bottom, middle, and top sections. It's pretty cool. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, the whole game sounds looks like a, sounds awesome. like a, maybe a, a dangerous place to live because if stuff just falls, I, I don't know. There's sure an earthquake or something. An earthquake or anything, yeah. And then, uh, like, when you, you know, after that conversation, he gives you the car and he runs away and you chase after him. You're like, I guess I'll wail. And you light the whole town up. When you get down, the whole town's glowing in this extravagant light show. And he's like, see, bud, it wouldn't have done that if you felt like you should do the other stuff. This reacts to you. And let's go on an adventure. And you kind of, he pseudo kidnaps you. <laughs> kind of. And then that's where your adventure ensues. And that's, it started, like, the first... He's like, we have to play shows and get you booked on my intergalactic space tour. Well, that's the alien guy. He takes you to meet this other, this other fame. A little, little alien. Yeah, Zom takes you to Zom. Zom takes you to Lightman, and Lightman is this intergalactic famous rock star. Yeah, basically, and he's going on his final tour. His re- his his yeah his, his retirement his, tour. his retirement tour, and he needs an opener for his retirement tour. So. And the other I get guy. the gist of all of that, but then you start going places, and you're and like, even going to the first show because you have to impress the booker for the show in order to get allowed onto the tour. Yeah, and then you do it. You have to go impress a bunch of other people, and it it it, it goes. So I on. guess, I guess your shows and when you're trying to impress people is like your you show it. is the running across the map, like people, like yeah. the whole world, or is what the whole galaxy? The whole is watching, galaxy is watching you. From the beginning, or is it, or is from it initially when you land on that first place? So the whole galaxy. Yes, I got confused. I don't know if the whole galaxy was already watching right there. Like the show started. This is my opener. Watch him run across this no. planet and wailing his guitar. It started on that very first planet, that ice planet or whatever. The ice planet first. I kept. I didn't really write down the order of the planet because so you go to a lot of places. Different. Yeah, a lot of different biomes. But I think you like forest. But I think your first one's the ice one, mm-hmm. and that's where you start because there's an achievement for interacting with playing guitar for a snowman. Yeah, which is actually one of the other other missable ones. But then, and it, it just gets kind of it gets repetitive. You go across these it's, it's gorgeous, extravagant landscapes, but for a little too long. Yeah, I mean, you, like, most things are like like you're playing, you're like, oh, this is really neat, and then, and then two minutes later, you're like, when's this gonna end? And then they spice it up. They, you know, they throw in the platforming and stuff where you're sliding down hills and you're jumping, and sometimes you're playing guitar. Well cause stuff to like you're like oh no i can't jump what do i do and like if you play the guitar it causes stuff to rise out of the ground or come down from the sky or makes animals like like you have to sometimes play it in order to get further ahead when you're running you might as well always be holding holding down the guitar button there's just no reason not to be if you want to see the full spectacle of what's going on and it's the spectacle of things is impressive oh yeah it just it just repeats for too long every every time. I mean, I get it. They're trying to get the most out of it, maybe. But I think everything the game the game could be a little 
well, I'll, we'll talk about how long we played it here in a bit. The game could actually be a little shorter. It, it has been so. Be. It has been so much time on these long sections. Like it, I can't. I, we, I know we're kind of repeating ourselves. Like we're we're going on too long about how this game goes on too long. But it it it's, it just is what it is, and it kind of and it sucks because the the spectacle is great. Every new place that kind of never gets old when you go to a new place and you see the new spectacle happening in the background. It's really just stuff in the backgrounds, honestly. Is really cool. Like it is fun seeing more and more new stuff. Like the really developers and whatever really getting their ideas out there. Because I think their the ideas of what they wanted to show us is really that more than this random story that I couldn't really follow from from place to place. If I'm being honest, it makes sense, but they it, it it's overworded. Yeah. The whole point by the end and everything and the twist because it, it does take some twists and turns and some betrayals here and there um but like i said it's it's a little wordy <laughs> and even then but there's not fi- a lot. finally a game with voice acting you say it's a little wordy <laughs> no it's not that it's just they they kind of repeat themselves and the stuff they talk about is uh, a problem that some jrpgs particularly the tale series which i just spoke about which is probably why he was able to he was able to sound off these nonsensical words that don't make sense but they're part of the world, and they're, you have to say them as if it's something you've said a million times. Be like, the Glorblats on planet Vafnar are bonkers, and they love when I wail on my guitar. Yeah. What did I just say? Uh, I don't know. Um, I guess before, we're, not, we're, we're maybe about done with this, but there, yeah. is a, there is a little puzzle game you play a whole bunch, and it's basically... It's Guitar Hero. It's Guitar Hero or Simon Says, really. It's more Simon more, Says. It is more Simon more Says. More Simon Says. Now, you can't fail this. If you fail it, it literally just starts it over. Not even all the way sometimes. starts the section over. So if you're yeah, doing like red, green, things. blue, blue, yeah, and you hit red, green, yellow, and it goes red, green, blue, blue. <laughs> <laughs> so it yeah, does it slower. Yeah, but, it, but it's weird uh, because it's really just like it puts the... It, seems it is that, creatively hidden inside what you're going it's not against. So much hidden, like different aliens and different things, will just have the face buttons of your controller just part as part of their face. It's, it's left bumper, right bumper, X A B, no X Y B. Yeah, something, something like that. Yeah, it's it's some symbol that like means something. Like the one of the aliens, like Glorglaw, whatever his name is. What do you say? Like after the beginning, Zom. Does Zom explains it to you, or does Whiteman explain it? like that symbol? The symbol means something yeah. in the world, and there's certain aliens that have the symbol. And God, if I remember what it what it was what he was talking about, but uh, Wait, yeah. so you have different, and it does get more and more complicated. Like the things get longer, and the aliens like move their faces. Like it'll be like the symbol will be spread across the whole front of this alien's face, and it like lights up and makes noise. And you're really just Sometimes you're talking to these aliens, and they're like, the aliens like, you have to impress me or for me to help. And then to impress them, you just kind of play Simon Says. And they're like, oh, well, you're, they, you're, you're incredible. Well, like, they play, play music, and then you match their music. But they play a different, like some, play, some of them, it sounds like a trumpet, some sounds like a drum, and you match what they make. Yeah, but it's weird how immensely impressed they are by a grown man playing Simon Says. Like, I mean, maybe Simon Says is super important well, across the galaxy. Well, I think you're dumbing down to Simon Says. It's just the format of how you it do is it. What, it is what it is, though. It's Simon Says. I mean, they might not know that across the other galaxies. It might be a more... Like to say, the symbol the symbol itself means more across the galaxy. You meet important, really important aliens who are attached to whatever that symbol means. Well, because how it works out, too, is it gives you the symbol, and it's like, play... You know, we'll say 
uh, red, green, blue. Play red, green, blue. But it's like, play red, green, blue any way you want, as long as it's in the order of red, green, blue. So you can hold red, green, blue, or you can do red, green, blue, or red, green, blue. It, it's up to you to try to make it a slightly different than what they do, but I was just sitting as fast just as I could. Just press get, the buttons and move on, yeah. basically. But they want you to be slightly more creative, but you don't have to be. But yeah. that's the whole point, is it's a creative exercise. Yeah. Is there any more to say about Simon Sam? Uh, no. Okay. I get Now... One of the later things, deep, deep in the game, you randomly, I forget why, are you taking over your own tour? Like, when you go to customize your character. Your, well, you meet the costumer to get you a costume ready for the show. For the actual show, so that, but you're still just opening for Lightman. Because it seems like your main character becomes more and more important. You do. But, um... You start getting but, more but and more fans when you're and followers. Getting the, when you're getting the costume and ready, all that craziness, which I did post. You, you follow us on Facebook. I didn't. Well, yeah. I took a screenshot, I think, but I didn't. I don't know if you ever told me, but I did post a, a screenshot of what my crazy old character looked like. Um, you do get to, uh, we forgot to mention, you do get to pick right there. Is it right there when you pick a the name? Yeah. Like a, you, you pick a name, like a title. Like I was the incomparable, and that was my my, my name, Kaladin, for my gamer tag, Kaladin. But they just go, Oh, it's the incompetent. Like they just yeah. play a guitar lick for, yeah. you, for your name. But it's in the voice acting. So they'll say, so they had to record it's that list of all those titles. It was, uh, it was like eight or 12 different. It was like the electric, the mind breaking, the yeah. incorrigible. I would think I was the, the electric brain. Electric brain? Yeah, the electric brain. Yeah, so that's that. And then you put this put together this whole crazy. And you do kind of invent your backstory. You're from, you know, like I'm from the planet. Gorb, Gorb, or I'm from the planet Zixar, I'm from the yeah, planet... Yeah, and then he starts hollering that, your main character starts hollering that everywhere you go. I picked the, um, that little apartment building. <laughs> There's like the random apartment building floating on a rock in space. Yeah. I picked that because I, I thought it was funny. Yeah, I was like, the electric blind, meow, from the Glaxar Nebula, who escaped from the something-something empire and became a sky pirate. And like this story, then everyone believes that this is a real story. And yeah, so, your guy just says, "Your guy just starts saying it everywhere he goes, yeah. like, like it's who he is." He goes on to I like a talk I, show. I found those parts weird because he kind of just goes with it, and everyone else believes him one hundred percent. Yeah, if almost like it, he 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 talks to a point where he seems like he believes it now. And mm-hmm. I thought I was like, this rabbit got really really confused. I was like, he's already going on. He's already going on like galactic talk shows and like randomly and so random. And I was like. I was getting real, real confused. I was like, what, what is going on? Like, you just kind of move on from place to place to place, talking to these different aliens. That's the late game is where I kind of got real lost. What was going on? But you know, back to the whole point of that part, the beginning part is you had to make a little character. So, if you played the game and you made a character and you happen to remember to screenshot it, uh, share it with us. We'll share. share it. Yeah, share it with your gamer tag. Yeah, share it with us uh, on the when I do when I do the post for this episode coming out. Uh, Sharon, I did a post when I posted mine. Mine was pretty crazy looking. I don't know if I ever even saw yours. I wish you had screenshotted it. I can, yeah, I can pull the game back. Because there is a part forward. right when you, when you finish making your character, you go stand on a platform and you you do a whole, like a, it's like pose and you like strum the guitar and like shit, like fireworks pop up behind you and your name comes on the screen. That's what I it stops it. Cause it freezes for a second. And I screenshotted that because I was like, this is perfect. It looks like they made this scene for you to screenshot. Specifically it. for you to screenshot. So I screenshotted yeah. that and shared it. It was pretty cool. Um, I don't know. What what else you have to for the 
the general story and stuff like that. I, I mean, don't. It, it mean, just, I don't want to like because what story is there? I don't want to ruin it by. But was it just me though? Like, were you? No, it got. Were you like really confused by the the later later parts of the game? Just because, yeah. Because he just starts talking, and you make some of these decisions that don't seem important. Mm-hmm. You're like, "Where are you from? I'm from here. What do you do? I'm from here. What you? What was your job prior? Like these weird, like like a personality test almost. Yeah. And then all those things as he progresses further in the game, he solidifies his belief in that lie. I guess. Yeah, that's what I thought was really strange. Like you, like I said before, like he really starts to believe. All this stuff. He's well, I mean, he's literally flying through space, interacting with aliens. I mean, why not be somebody else? I, that's the whole point of the story. Yeah, is he don't want to? He didn't want to be his. He, he didn't want to be his uncle's nephew. You know, he, he didn't want to be the guy who plays this. His, yeah, maybe that's the point of the entire all of the craziness. Maybe that's, that's the point is he just wanted to be somebody else. Maybe that's maybe it's simple as that. The crazy, the story gets weird and the dialogue gets strange. But maybe the. The whole point is I just want to be somebody else. Because I, I think I you, be even, me. if you go, you go from the from beginning of the game to the end, like beginning of the game, he doesn't. Beginning of the game, he doesn't really know know who he is because he's been in his uncle's shadow for so long that the rest of the whole point of the whole point of all the other insanity is to discover himself or become somebody else. Sounds like a pretty good Spielberg movie. Sounds like a pretty good Spielberg movie. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'd watch that. I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah. I guess I kind of enjoyed it. I felt like I got a little, a little wore out near the end of it, but I, I enjoyed it. There's lots of good parts. Well, I think you got of... wore out because you did it all in one sitting. I did do it all in one sitting. <laughs> all in, all I, in... I, mine was broke apart over like two or three days. Yeah, that's how me and Blake play games. I, I tend to forego sleep for game progress. Blake tends to... I can't stay sleep. awake. You can't stay awake for nothing. I think we were on the, on the podcast before. Um we did. There's a TA guide, of course. But she's like, "Why is there a TA guide if you just walk right?" There's miss, like Blake said. There's missable stuff. There's a, a snowman that you have to stop in. The, like I, I actually zipped by him because I wasn't reading the guide. I was just playing. I stopped. And I was like, "Man, I should look at this guide." And I looked at it, and there was like snowman. I was like, "Oh boy!" And I had to run yeah. back. I almost checkpointed. It gets past, to a point where you get you, you checkpoint you past your head. So I actually got the snowman. Another one, and I heard you if, if I know the room. <laughs> is you just place you have to jump because because you can jump. I think you have to jump, double jump. And then you can wail, and air you whale. you use air whaling to fly a little higher and a little further. So you have to, there's this archway that's pretty uh, dangerous because if you land on the other side of the archway, you'll slide and checkpoint away from it. But you have to jump, double jump, and land on top of this archway. Yeah, and the achievement's, achievement's like, how did you get up there? So that's a missable achievement, which you could probably just... I don't know if the game has chapter select because I, I did it all in one sitting. There's that. Maybe a little light, she said. So there are missable achievements. Other than that, the guy's just like... I think it was just like continue to the right and talk to this alien. Maybe I don't really remember. Like make your dialogue choices and do this. I don't know. It wasn't much like it wasn't really like the guy could have been happy. You know, the guy could have just said walk to the right until 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 you're at this missable achievement. Because I mean I don't know why he wrote they wrote so much for that, but it does result in a, a fairly easy uh, one thousand gamer score, of course. So another game completion for me. For, for Blake as well. Uh, my game time on the according to TA was right at five hours, four hours and 59 minutes. That's not too bad. And he's like, oh, great, he did that in one sitting. It was probably a Saturday or a Sunday that I did this in one sitting, like mine, a, after lunch or something like that. Yeah, mine was uh, eight hours and 42 minutes. Well, that's your game. But, again, like we say, that's his game clock continuing as he passes out. <laughs> Passed out or, like, reading the guide or... 
walking my dogs or something. There's a couple of things I do, and the, you can't always pause. Yeah. Well, the game we're playing right now, we are about to start. I won't spoil the name for, for the podcast, but there, I, I did find out there's a game clock clicking in that game. Mm. I went on the screen. You could see it clicking. Uh, but if you hit the guide, it might have worked on this game too. If you want it proper times for games sometimes, if you're like like walking dogs or using the bathroom like Blake says, if you care about your actual game clock being right, a lot of times the guide will stop a clock. If you hit the guide button on your Xbox, mm-hmm. but for this game, you know, you know what game I'm talking about. I figure a guide guided and the little clock stopped. So I'm not going to get a proper time for that game when we play it and talk about it. Um, you got the 1K, of course, in eight, eight, eight or nine hours. Do you have any more thoughts about it before we move on? No, I was able to check everything off. Hmm, cool. And move on to our second game. This episode might try to be a little longer than we anticipated. The second game we're going to delve into is called East Shade. Developed uh, by East Shade Studios. Now, I think this is a first for me. Having a company studio being named after their first game. I f- yeah, mate, mate. I mean, I'm going to say it's the only company to do it, but it is a, a strange, a very strange thing. I thought it was a little strange as well. Uh, but they've only made uh, two games. And... Uh, it's five five people based out of Bellevue, Washington, uh, here in the U.S., and they've been around since 2013. Hmm. Now, they had it was a kind of they had funding and stuff because I think the entire game was self-funded. Yeah. They because I don't mention anything about a Kickstarter or I mean obviously they have a publisher, but I don't mention like them like out out trying to outsource for money. Mm-hmm. But one thing they kind of cool did. Uh, they did. They did the game E Shade, but they they literally halfway through production. They literally. No, I think they said they were seventy five percent done with the game. They literally hit pause, took some assets they already had, took them and made a smaller game. Uh, specifically, uh, like the opening town you go to, Linden, mm-hmm. and it's called Leaving Linden. It's a four dollar game, and you play as a character named Clara. Hmm. You play. You buy that and play that. Yeah. It's, it, it apparently it, the whole game is super short. It's literally meant to be done an hour or two, but you just walk around town as a as his character Clara, and you interact with some people. She's a scientist, and you get on a boat and you leave. It's like a, like a demo for what Ishe was gonna be. Yeah, but it it it, it, it yes and no. It, it does things that you don't do. You, it says you do a couple of mini games and a lot of your stuff. You're not going around gathering stuff. It's a lot of dialogue tree choices. Hmm. But it was just like a basically it was a tech demo that you would pay for. It was only like three or four dollars. It wasn't very expensive. But they said they needed to secure extra funding, and they figured why not throw out a demo for the game. Three or four bucks, I might, I might go go buy it for a one k. Yeah, if, could, if it's on Xbox, I, it, yeah, might, it, I, might be, it might be on PC I don't only. Remember where I found it. Be, it sounds like a PC only kind of thing. Yeah, but one of the cool things is uh, they made there's an achievement in the game where you play a mini game 
that you play in that game and you get an achievement based off the game based okay. off that game it's called clara's song hmm. and there are these uh giant organ tubes right by a house and you play a, a theme on the it's the that the, the thing you play is this is the only song that plays during that thing oh, it's her yeah. song that'd have been nice to know that yeah i didn't know until yeah. i read this i'm like that's kind of cool yeah that random organ in the middle of the forest. Yeah. Yeah. With that kind of cool stuff out of the way, I mean, if you get a chance, maybe go play Leaving Linden, L-Y-N-D-O-N, first, mm-hmm. and then play E-Shade. And now, E-Shade is a first-person exploration game. Yeah, open world. Uh, it was Yeah, it's an open world, first-person exploration through nonviolent interactions. Yeah, they make a point of that. They make a they make a point of the entire game, no combat. Yeah, there's nothing trying to murder you, nothing trying to kill yeah. you. It's a very no one's threatening you. Everyone seems kind of like, all right, let's go yeah. do this stuff. There's some pranks to get played on people. No one gets hurt. I thought it was very interesting because when we initially looked, cause this game was actually on our to we're gonna buy this game because on our wish list to buy and it, you know, hit Game Pass. So <laughs> well, I don't gotta buy it no more. Um, but through screenshots and stuff, this game looks almost ex- exclusively like a walking simulator. And uh, if you think that, you're completely wrong about what... There's a, a lot more to it. You're just walking around talking to people. It's walking around and fetch questing and stuff like that. Yeah, but the, ga- the game has more of a more of an RPG feel to it without really any RPG elements. Like, it's very strange cause how, how it feels because... Maybe that helps because of the fantasy environment. Let's talk about the graphics real quick. It is going like if it's a... It's a hundred percent going for like an Elder Scrolls style. It does kind of look like a like an Elder Scrolls is what it looks, it looks like. like. More Morrowind. more more like realistic kind of looking, but with fantasy elements. Yeah, because uh, you don't. There's no people. I mean, there, there, there's people, but there's no humans. Yeah. Uh, there was. They're all anthropomorphized. There's yeah. monkeys. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Mama. There's a bunch of animals, but monkey. Yeah, yeah. But and you don't ever see yourself. So not quite. We're not quite even sure what you play as. Your character's a silent. Protagonist, you you make choices, but your character doesn't have a voice. The game is fully voice acted, but they don't they didn't voice your maybe because you because it's tough to voice. Some games do it where you voice all the different selections you can make. Yeah, I mean it's just too much work for a small developer. Maybe I don't know. Again, we have somebody in the company just say all those lines. But but we're, they, we're definitely happy that the there's a, quite a large cast. It seems like I don't know if they have different voice actors doing different characters and stuff like that, which is easy to do sometimes. But uh, the general voice acting was, I thought was very, very good and very unique. You don't really seem like you're meeting two people that sound the same. And the ones, the people, all the people you do meet, especially the ones that have quests attached to them, seem like the persons, the actors are actually giving, giving quite a good effort. They're not just reading off the paper, you know, like, uh, especially like, I like that, um, the bear you meet in the first town, you're trying to help her get, get with her, uh, get on a date with her little girl, little oh, girl yeah, she likes. Oh, pretty sweet, yeah. It's a sweet story, but that, but that bear, the actress, like, she's, that actress is really giving it, you know, she's really giving it her all, and it's, it's and it makes it sound, it makes the whole story uh, seem more genuine. But I could say that, honestly, about just about anybody you talk to when you have quests and stuff like that, because the whole game is really about doing a bunch of shorter uh, short story, short, short, like completing all these different short stories with all these different characters you meet, and I found that to be, uh, what's the word? Maybe endearing, extremely endearing. Like I was really looking forward. I first started the game, I was like, 
oh man, I don't know if I want to, if I want to do all this. It's a lot of walking around, but then you start really getting into some of these stories and you, I, I got kind of like way into it. Like I, I mean, a little early in the podcast to say that, but I really ended up really enjoying this game like a lot. Like I, by the time I got around to it and I was like, man, I'm like looking forward to the next person I'm going to meet to see what kind of little story they're going to have for me or where it's going to lead me to meet other characters and have more stories or just see other parts of this little world. Now, we, we say open world. It's not the size of a Skyrim or Oblivion or Elder Scroll, like any kind of Elder Scrolls. It's a it's one little one little island that you can literally sprint from one end to the island in like two minutes. Like it's not like it's not huge. It's yeah. open. You can go anywhere you want, but uh, it's not extravagant. You know, Assassin's Creed or anything like that. Yeah, sorry. I was just because uh, you were talking about the voice acting. I wanted to see if I couldn't find uh, the voice cast. Yeah, thirty-eight separate people. Wow, that might cover the entire cast and the actual people you talk to. Yeah, and I I didn't want to click. I just clicked on the top build person, which is kind of funny. It's a young woman named uh, Morgan Berry, mm-hmm. and that cute little love story you talked about just now. That was her. Uh, she's the voice of both ends. Oh really? Of the girl who's uh, in love and well, they're both in love with each other, but yeah. they don't know. But she's she voices both sides of the of the story. Oh really? That's yeah. funny. Because uh, they have Liliana voice- and Evelina. They have different voices. That's that's I, that's why I love voice actors sometimes because I, I would have never thought it was the same voice actress playing both sides because the one girl the girl you talk to she's real bubbly and happy and sweet and the other girl is a, is a little more a little more reserved. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting as these two two uh, two characters that you actually help you help her find the perfect place to take the other one on a date and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's a really cute, it's really a, it's a really good, it's, it's really, really might be the, but the first one that really kind of pulls you in. Cause you do meet other people on the way. Cause you start off in the little town, like Lyndon Blake says, and you walk on a path through the, to the rest of the world and you meet other people and stuff like that. And other interesting stories, but then you're really getting to the, the main, the main big city on the other side, which I forget the name of the city. I don't remember it either, but you go there so much. Yeah, it's like know. the main. I feel bad. I can't remember the name of that city because it's where most of your uh, questing begins, and it kind of spreads you out from there to go uh, do other things. So she was, she has like a whole lot of. I was trying to see if there's anything she'd been in, but yeah, sorry, <laughs> it's like 173 things hard to get through. Yeah, but like I said, some of the stories are kind of bland. Like I mean, we writing this, but the whole game's about stories. I I think most of them were led to something or were interesting in some kind of way honestly i didn't say everything was was gold yeah but like i don't know you're going from one thing to another and you're and they don't repeat any they, they don't seem like they repeat any kind of story and you're usually meeting somebody or you're helping somebody i, I thought it was all really interesting and some of them go the entire game it was like There's hey certain well the okay we should say the overall overall story the main story which is kind of on the back burner while, while you explore this island is you're going to this place because your mom died and her last dying wish was for you to paint the her four what do they call them? her four uh four memories or her four f- or four memories something like that i don't know why you would go around painting for paintings well, she your mom, wanted your mom you, can't see because one of the is this some like backstory is like apparently you're not a shut-in but she did a lot of exploring in her youth and you just Stayed in y'all's estate and painted. Yeah, so you are a painter, and she was a, like, "Just a key game mechanic." She's like, "Why don't you go more?" And he's like, "Why? I have everything I need here." Mm-hmm. She's like, "But you could be better. You could see all these other things." And uh, her dying wish was for you to. You don't see none of that dialogue. By no, the way. it's just kind of. Is, inf- is, is there a letter or is it inferred? Yeah, it's like inferred through like one or two flashbacks and a letter, mm-hmm. and then 
she wants you to go because she said her her happiest times in her youth was in East Shade. Was were in East Shade, and she wanted you to go there and see if you couldn't be inspired and be happy as well. Yeah, you're in a boat, and you do kind of ship <laughs> you do shipwreck into East Shade, which I think I don't know what's. That, that might be more of an homage to the Elder Scrolls because you always get some sort of wackadoo thing. Maybe, but like, uh, but the the shipwreck. Like, I don't know if it's an homage to Oblivion or not. Well, there's no shipwreck in Oblivion. You're in a prison the, sewer. No, not Oblivion. I mean, the Elder Scrolls in general. There's always some weird thing. Like uh, in yeah. Skyrim, you're on your way to be killed. In Morrowind, you literally get off the boat of the prisoner ship, and then I guess. But I, I don't understand like a. For a game that's not high octane action, and even the scene wasn't that big, but why? Why you're already going to East Shade? Why don't you just like? Why would they script a shipwreck? Why can't you just boat up to East Shade? And it's pretty pretty terrifying because you're in it. Well, the water fills the place, and you black out basically. But you you survive. I think everybody survives, right? Or something. One of them die. I, can't, I, can't I, don't, I don't think any of them survived. You're the only. You meet sur- somebody, one of the survivors, don't you? Somewhere I survived the. Sh- I don't know. Anyway, not important. Yeah. Maybe it's important who lives and dies in that little part. It seems strange considering the rest of the game, though, because I don't know. I just don't know why. Is it to keep you on the island? Like the guy was, I mean, your character was heading to the island anyway. So why would a shipwreck? Well, because the whole point is they's like, oh, we've sent it to the ferry company or the whatever trade company that brought you here. They're aware that they're, and they're sending another ship and just um, hang out. I guess, but it's just, why not just ride up on the dock and walk out walk out into linden i just don't i don't know it was a strange little opening that has kind of no point to it it's one of those things you're heading to east shade anyway your character's not going to like get off a boat and be like it's time to go it it did seem weird like when you think about everything but maybe they just wanted they needed to have a reason to like i mean they could have had a reason that you're like oh you get there and then like a storm hits and your ship is destroyed like you don't have to sink the whole it was there's there's just i don't know Again, your character was going there anyway. Yeah, but now you're stranded there. Yeah, for however long. Uh, we said before your character is an artist. It is a key mechanic that's actually pretty neat. Blake says that he kind of talked it down a little bit, saying it's just screenshots, which is what it is. But you can sell your art. Like the, we, we did follow probably one of the most incredibly written TA guides. It's pretty I wish massive. I had the guy's name who wrote it. It's one of the smoothest and best written TA guides I've ever read in my life because it makes it this perfect flow because the game is wide open. Uh, I can't imagine trying to conquer this game. It's not very big, but there's so many different things to do and different people to talk to and different paintings to gather for certain people to give to certain places uh, that it would be so daunting. But, but what his guide does is minimizes the amount of running back and forth you actually have to do. So he will tell you and what you uh, he'll tell you to paint a painting when you're at a certain place. So what painting is, it's kind of neat. You have to craft or buy, or whatever you can buy, but you have to craft canvases. That's what Blake mentioned earlier about collecting stuff in this game, which is more game than we thought we were getting. We thought we walked around and just painted paintings and talked to people, which is a lot of it. But you actually have to gather supplies, like there's wood and canvas and different kinds of flowers and things that do different things in different parts. Like a lot of the flowers are for like making these teas later. But you got to gather all these supplies around the town to craft you a couple of canvases. And when you go to paint something, you have a canvas, but you craft the canvases. And you, when you activate the painting thing, you pick a canvas and like a little box comes up on your screen. You could kind of when you like set the screen size to some games when you want to set. You can frame whatever you're looking at. You're going to frame whatever you're looking at. And you're going to frame. The God will tell you to like paint. Look over here and he has a screenshot. He's like, paint this. 
and you make a little thing. You can kind of adjust it kind of however you want, and you hit the paint button, and a canvas pops up in front of you, and it paints your screen, white calls just a screenshot in front of you on a canvas, and you pick it up, and you cool, you have that painting in your inventory. It's kind of neat. So what the, but the cool thing about the guide is you'll paint paintings, and you're like, I guess I'll, at first you're like, I'll paint this. I don't know why I need this. I'll paint this painting. But you, he's, give, he's giving you to paint a painting that you might use an hour, two hours, three hours from now. Yeah. So you don't have to come back to this place and paint the painting that you needed. He'll, you already have it in your inventory. So you go and talk to people, and they're like, I wish I had a painting of this. And you're like, I got one of those. Yeah. It's like, I wish I had a painting of a, of a, you know, uh, it was one of the things was like, oh, man, I wish I could see what happened to that ship out in Linden. And you're like all the way in that main town two hours later, and you're like... But you have that painting. Already. I have that painting right here that I took four hours ago. Yes, it was, it was kind of neat to have that kind of stuff. The gathering supplies, I guess, is... I don't know. It's, it's a kinda, little obnoxious. Yeah, it only stopped me a few times. Because uh, he kind of does tell you to collect, collect, collect everything you see, and so the guide kind of mentions the most like the, the boards and the canvases are the most important things eventually you do have a, a form of currency you get from selling your paintings and just selling other nonsense you do get to a point where you can you'll have so much money honestly that you can just buy there's a guy there's a there's an art dealer in the big towns in the name of uh that uh sell you canvases and he's a he's another big thing a big quest that i thought would be daunting because his his artist his artist for him retires and they recruit because you got to go show a painting to this other artist who's retiring, and he recruits you to do twelve commissions across the world. Sounds incredibly daunting, but he's just the, the guide's just like grab these four commissions, and we'll take care of them on the way. And while you're running around the world doing other stuff in this perfectly written thing, you will pick up different different commissions. You come back, you turn in, you like turn in these two commissions, pick up two more, and like it just like forms this perfect part of your little adventure. I don't know how many times the guy had to play this game uh, to get this guide the way it is because I'll say right now, because uh, I don't know how long we're going to talk about all this, the guide literally starts you in Linden and they follow this whole path. He goes all the way through the whole game and then it loops you all the way back around the entire game and then when, when the guide is ending and the game is ending, you're right back in Linden just in time for the replacement boat to get there and leave the island. Like, it's just like, how did you write this? The only other guide I thought was written this well is we had a really awesome guide for uh, Persona 5 originally, and that guide, that guide for Persona 5 was so accurate. Insanely For so. a, game with, a game with that much choice and content in, in Persona 5. I don't know how he did that either, but anyway... I don't continually rave about this guy. I don't know if you yeah, pull so, uh, two things. The big city you go to is the city of Nava. 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 It's got the great university library and a bunch of other stuff, the art dealer. There's a lot of stuff there. But the uh, the gentleman, well, I don't know, based off the gamer tag, the person who uh, wrote the guide is named Thickly Settled. I know you're listening to our podcast, but thanks for like one of the best guides to a, a really a really cool game. Because I think honestly, if I was playing this game blind, I would have been frustrated, uh, frustrated by where to go. And this and this really helped me get into and enjoy a game quite a bit. That I'm so ho- so happy that I played. What else about this game? Because <laughs> there's a lot of walk around and talk to people. And I said I, can't, I don't want to spoil any of the little cool little stories. The stories. Cool. You go like uh, you say small things. You do go to this. Weird inn that's on an island. Oh, the the Who Done It, the Who Done It kind of thing is kind of cool. Like you walk into this, 
place and they, they mistake you for the detective and you got to walk around talking to all these people and looking in their rooms and somebody stole something. I forget yeah, what it stole was. An, a book. Stole an artifact or something from the ruins. You talk to all these people and gather all this information. Of course, we had the guy tell us to who, to, who to say it was, but we still, we, still, we still walked around the inn and talked to everybody, but it was just funny. But it's just interesting also because the world is kind of, the fantasy world is so interesting. It is just literally you have to boat out because you do get like a little boat and you boat out to this inn that's just on the island in the middle of the lake. It's so what what a strangely placed inn, but there's lots of people there and like little boats at the dock where people come out there to stay at this inn. I thought that was strange, but you get to do a whole a little whodunit, which is fun. And one kind of cool thing I noticed, I didn't test it to the extreme because yeah. I there there's fast travel, but it's very limited forms of fast travel. So you don't want to like go off the beaten path if you don't have to, because then you got to like work your way back. I use the fast travel one time and not even the cart. You see, there's two, two ways to fast travel. The cart guy, there's a guy who has a cart outside of Nava who will just take you to the other town. I never used it. No, because you get back there so quick and they're running back and forth. You're trying to gather supplies. You gather supplies off the sides of the road. So it's like, I never used it. And then the other time I said, there's teas. There's all these different kinds of tea. You mm-hmm. can make, you can, like, well, eventually you get a, some, some, some people give you a couple of potions before you can make them just as, as like, thanks for helping me. Here's this. And you get, yeah. you get a couple of things to drink. Eventually you can, uh, you can craft a blend. There's a part in the guide where the guide's like, all right, it's time, it's late in the game. It's time to craft all the teas. You can just craft one of all of them. Yeah. There's two that you even, the guide even tells you to use. One is the one that makes this thing, these makes your collectible items light up. Like lost items light up and use it on that on that one that quest. That one time. That one time and it lights up this thing buried in the sand on the beach. It just light makes it light up so you can find it, and you grab that and uh, you deactivate the. You drink water to deactivate that potion eats up your. What's that stuff you get? Uh, you get ins- inspiration. Yeah, your inspiration. If you get inspiration. It's like it's not money, but it's like you get inspiration for like. It's discover- like your experience bar, basically. Kind of like an experience bar in a way. And you level level up, but you don't really get anything. It's just it's just, it's just a count, but like you get it for you have to completing have quests. You get it for like there's lots of what one of the cool things is exploring the island and discovering. There's a lot of like fifty something. Yeah, fifty three locations. Location to get some inspiration. Inspiration really all it is is it takes how many how many inspiration points to paint something. It takes like a bar or two, like but you one, need you need inspiration to paint. And depending on the size of the painting, I think it matters too. Oh. I think that changes. I think the painting just costs one, one or I don't know if it's one or three inspiration. I don't know I what it, it costs because it cost a, a good bit early on. I was like, am I going to have enough? And then by the end of the game, I had so much. It's just so it tells you where to matter. go and when it tells you where to go and when to paint and stuff like that. It's really. Because I imagine if you're playing normally, you might be like, oh, this is a cool thing. I'll do this for no reason or taking. Yeah. But the cool thing is you can paint a picture, and if it's because I I did that once. I painted a, I painted a picture twice. I didn't mean to. Oh yeah. You can repaint over it. Oh, you can't you put, can, put you over can, a canvas. You can use a canvas. Do you get your inspiration back? No. Okay, so you got to. You, you don't get the inspiration back. You, you have so much inspiration. Well, early in the game, it seems like I don't know if I have enough for this, but like, eventually, you've seen so many things and completed so many quests that you just have piles and piles of it to use. It's actually you have way more inspiration and money than you do have like supplies. And the, and there's parts in the guide where the guy, the guy will be like, go to the art dealer and buy, let's say he'll, he'll say buy four or five canvases just in case because I'm it's, it's hard to. Yeah, this, it's hard this to find. It's hard to find all the wood and canvas you need to have as many paintings. And he sells you canvases for like five dollars, whatever, whatever the money is. I think it's, it's like, like five bucks. Yeah. Shiny somethings, whatever your money is. So many people pay you money for your quests, and then you could sell a couple of things. Almost every, obviously, the commission. Almost every painting people pay you for. Bukus, especially your, the commissions. They the pay commissions you are really. Like you just have so much money. 
um, for stuff like that. You end up buying, like you buy like the cooking pot that uh, helps you. Uh, that's how you make potions. You buy the thing really as early as possible because you've come to find out uh, each shade, uh, there's a day and night cycle across the island. It's pretty cool. You can watch the sun move across the suns. There. No, it's a it's a sun and a moon thing. But there's a there's an eclipse every day at noon. It looks pretty cool. It happens like on like on on. It's just, it's just how the how the how the world works. But apparently, East Shade gets super freaking cold at nighttime. And if you're out past six, I think your screen starts to freeze to over. Eight, yeah. And your character will just kind of. So there's no harm in it. But like I was. Had I had to be twice, and you and you just wake up at the last inn you stayed at. There's a couple of different inns that you pay a, you pay a few little coins to stay at, and you just wake up at your nearest inn. I was like way deep out there, and I was like, oh no, and it, my screen freeze over. But you can buy this jacket, which negates that completely. And then, yeah, and then even further than that, because there's a lot of time manipulation. Yeah. Because once you get the jacket, you you can start running around at nighttime, but then you might get somewhere, and you're like, oh, it's midnight. They don't open up till eight. Yeah. And you can you can go spend money at an inn. Usually the inns are pretty cheap, and a lot of the times... They get money when you go to an inn, it comes to find out you only have to buy it one time. I was going to say, yeah, you only have to purchase your room one time, one time and you can sleep in there any time. Yeah, but usually you can go craft it. I'm going to talk about you craft a... You can eventually craft a tent that lets you literally just throw the tent down, go inside the tent, you just manipulate... Time, wherever you want yeah, it to go. And you can, pick the, you can pick the tent back up, which is Make cool. sure you pick it back up, because it's not automatic. You can walk away. The yeah, first time I slept in it, I was like, cool... I I had walked so far away, and I was like, "Where's my tent?" It wasn't in my because I was looking at something else in my inventory. I was like, "Where's my tent?" Mm-hmm. And I turned and I had to run back and go pick it up. <laughs> That's right. funny. We got away from the potions thing for a second. I forgot about we yeah, got, we got because the game. I think I think the game's still cool. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, the other the other other potion you only use one time. Not the, and the guy even tells you use it one time. Is the there's a drink that lets you fast travel to any place you've ever been to. And I think he only has used this one time because you're way out in these glaciers. It's like the furthest you go in the game. You have to yeah. boat way because you do get to craft a little boat, and you you go way out in this cool little like it's like a like a whole Lovecraftian kind of. Yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah, kind yeah, of I, kind of, I kind actually of, kind really of, enjoyed that story. It was cool, a lot. Like, like, a, like a story of like this people way out in the. It's this, like literally it's like the mountains of madness. Yeah, or, basically, it's a cool, really cool story. But you boat way out there, and he was like, the guy was like, I mean, you could. You could go back, walk, you know, you can boat back, or you can just pop this potion and travel back to Nava, whatever the town is. And I was like, I'm going to... You are far. You, you're, it's the farthest you go in the game, uh, way out there. And it looks really cool when you're going out there because you're going to the boat into these glaciers and you see like a shipwreck and all this other cool stuff. Like a frozen and, shipwreck. And yeah, stuff it all like looks really cool, but like going back through it would be less entertaining. So you just kind of like I'm trying to get pop that drink one time. That's literally the only time I ever... Because other time I, I, I liked running around. I like running back and forth. I used the cart once by accident because... You didn't know what it was. Yeah, I was or, like, or, what is this? And I was like, okay. Did he charge you money? I got it. It was a free service. He just runs you back to... Will he run you back? Or is uh, it a one-way trip? He, he, his wife runs you back. Oh, yes, you can't go back and forth. You, I never bothered using it because yeah. you said you're always gathering. Yeah, I, I, and running doesn't take anything. And a lot of the times you're you running. You can sprint from the one town to the, There's two towns. You can sprint from one town to the other in like two, two minutes. minutes. It's not Because there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a cobblestone road. And I swear your guy runs. Because you can sprint. It don't seem too fast. I swear he like picks up the pace if you're on that cobble road. Does it feel yeah, like he runs faster? A lot of games do that. Like if you're on the main road, you run faster than when you're right, on like You run a little this. faster, yeah. Now... Before we kind of like trail off and end, there is one kind of randomly cool, random thing of all this um, stuff that you're gathering. All these cotton balls and roots and plants. Sticks. And sticks. There's, a, there's an actual plant 
called the Black Adler. It was Black Thistle. Thistle is Black Thistle. Okay, my bad. Black Thistle. Mm-hmm. That the the country of Eastshade has made it illegal to touch it because it's uh, pick apparently it, pick it or touch it. It's endangered. It's an endangered plant that has some. They talk about it might have like some mythical healing properties, this, that, and the other, but it's literally illegal to do anything to the point. Uh, you have different endings to the game, really. There are different endings. Yeah, if you if you pluck a thistle, I know there's an achievement which we got an yeah. achievement for not touching a black thistle. Yeah, but if you if you pick it up, the entire world sees you differently, and it changes certain outcomes, and you uh, won't progress forward. They're like, oh, you're a lawbreaker. Yeah. And they, and it could be an accident, like you know, because it looks distinct. Yeah. So it's so we just say when you're going to pick stuff up, there's two things. One, there's an outline around the item, which, thankfully, you figure out that once you get your jacket, it's so much easier to see stuff at nighttime because it's highlighted. It's highlighted, but something will be highlighted, and you walk up close to it, there you see a symbol above it. Everything has a different symbol. Luckily, the black thistle has a symbol. You know, don't you know, don't pick that up and the guide mentions he had talked to other people who play who just run through the forest mashing on a to pick up everything you don't have to do that i don't know why people would do that he said so many people i don't know how many people he talked to about east shade but there's just no point running through the forest mashing on a because i like i like always like to know what i was picking up anyway yeah and everything has it like a social stick and there's like 10 different kinds of flowers and different things i, I like to know what i was everything picking up had its, own and it's incredibly easy to just avoid and they're, and they're like the, a big, black, kind of scary-looking plant. They're really easy to avoid it's anyway. It's like a, a prickly rose bush, but they're black roses. Yeah. It, it looks distinct. Yeah, when they first mentioned, like, the guy first mentioned, like, this plant, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be, like, something really hard to avoid. But they're, like, they're all over the forest, but, like, they're just, it's really only in that one area, actually. Yeah. They're in danger, so they're not across the whole world. They're really in that one little central forest. I, um, to the point, I, sometimes they would it was random because some of the your the stuff you're supposed to pick up the crafting materials there you go materials <laughs> uh, they would randomly spawn and generate uh, throughout the world and sometimes they would spawn literally right next to one I was like nope don't need it not, yeah, not, yeah not, I'm, I'm, I'm not I don't need that stick I don't, don't want to risk accidentally doing it I'll find another stick later yeah but I, I don't really have too much more because like you say we don't really want to spoil any of the stories because yeah. they're all fun to talk about but we'll say well a couple of things like on, on the topic of the black thistle there are like a couple of characters there's a whole there's a, there's a small storyline somebody who wants you to go pick some for them yeah. and you have to like not you have to like I mean, you could probably go do it and ruin, and ruin that storyline probably if somebody wants you to go do that you kind of avoid that if you're playing the right way and there's an herbalist who you can make a lot of money, a lot of money off of if you do her correctly. She tries to trick you. She's testing you, trying to trick you, and she wants you to go, go get some black thistle for her. If you do the conversation right, which a guy's telling us what to say to her, and she's testing you. So if you say, you know, I'm not going to do it. No, no, no. She pushes you really hard to go get some black thistle. Eventually, she's like, Ah, like, look, I can trust you. Blah blah blah. And her, she's cool. She's in a tree. She's like the only person like lives in a treehouse. Yeah. That you, you have, have to, to like. You have it. to like get above her with like go like some other. Uh, you, like, you have to like 
climb up those little, t- little tower, a little zipline tower, and zipline into zipline something you have to buy too. Mm-hmm. Uh, zipline into her house. I thought it was so strange. Like this lady lives in a place you have to zipline into. But you you don't zipline onto the front porch. You zipline into her living room and you grab the other zipline to zip it out. Like yeah, it was, was kind of it was kind of funny, but that was kind of interesting. And she has and she buys uh there's these pink little roots that you've been ragweed or something like ragweed. You're like what's this garbage ass you know ragweed? I've been picked up the entire game. And she actually pays you. You could sell it to this guy and this guy in Nava will buy anything for a coin. He literally is like I'll buy anything for a dollar, and you can sell it to him. There's a lot of crap you can sell to him, but you actually find through the storylines people who will buy different things around the world for like more if you can, if you do their quests. So she buys, so he'll buy ragweed for a dollar. You can you pass her a little test. She'll buy all your ragweed, which you probably have piles of. It's a pink thing that you grab all the time. Mm-hmm. You'll have piles of it. I had like thirty or more, and she'll buy it for three. So you make a little, you make she'll a, buy the first five for five bucks. And the rest and then for like show three. everything else for three, yeah. Yeah, because she gives you a little mini a mini quest like, oh, the ragweed is is killing the killing the trees around here. The ragweed's bad. It's so. attacking. Actually, I think the, the ragweed's attacking the thistle. Maybe hurting the thistle. Trying she, the thistle. She trying to protect the thistle. So she starts. You get, you get a quest, bring her five ragweed. You have thirty by now, probably. I think when I sold it, to her, I had thirty eight or thirty two. So yeah, to do that, and then you get the re- and then you sell her the rest. So it's cool to do these quests, and you get rewarded, like generally rewarded for like you know big piles of money, and you use the money to buy canvases or. There is one achievement for uh, buying this item from the little the guy that I think it's a bear who yeah. who sell, buys everything for a dollar. He has an item. It's all crazy. He has an item for five hundred dollars, but you also get a series of quests that lead to getting a password to tell him the password, and he gives you that item for free anyway through another series of yeah. quests. But the guy's like, you know, we'll get the money and we'll come back. You kind of just save buy the thing for five hundred dollars. It's like buy the what is it uh. It's glue. It's adhesive. Adhesive. It's like imperial adhesive or something Buy this adhesive for 500 coins is an achievement, and you just load your game, and you get to keep your money. It's not a a big deal. But that's kind of of funny that he has this expensive item, but if you do these other quests, people that he knows, you get a password, and he just gives you adhesive. It's like, so you need the adhesive to, like, build a boat. So you build your... That's... you, You... because yeah, you, you you have a raft that you can do with like some rope, but in order to go do the some of the further out stuff, the primary uh, one of them that the Lovecraftian thing and um, yeah, this little canoe you build, which is really fast. You need and adhesive cool. to make the the raft canoe. Yeah, so the raft was kind of neat. So that's kind of so like a two part little thing, and that's pretty cool. I mean, really, we can go on and on about these different. I'm trying to think of every little thing. You I don't do. want to though. I want people to experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. I know. I'm trying to think of. This game has fishing, of course. Really easy fishing, thankfully. Totes easy fishing. Yeah, yeah you, it's kind of like uh, you use um, mainly you use fish to use smaller fish to catch bigger fish. There is a quest to catch the biggest fish of all, which is a which is a fun little thing you, you get to do, and you just get to, you bet you sell fish for money. So you kind of you catch a little blue fish to use a little blue fish to catch a bigger green fish, and then. You, really, all you need is a, you really only need. There's, I think there's one other fish maybe, but then you use the green you, fish to catch the big, the mother load of yeah. the big, the big Old boy. cap or something like whatever that. his name was, because he swallowed somebody's wedding ring or something. You catch him uh, later, and you can uh, you can sell him or release him back in the water. I don't know if you really, we both kept him. I sold. I think I, I don't think it, I even it, sold him because I had so much money. I didn't even buy. So I held this, carried this big ass fish around in my pocket, in my pocket, in my pocket for the rest of the game, just because I wanted to keep him. What else? It's I don't know. It's just the oh, you are like the main thing. That's cool because you can actually depending on how much game you want to do. The main thing is getting these five, these four memory paintings, 
Yeah. For your mom, and you place them. You have to lock them into the the memories inside your canvases. The game, the guide's pretty specific about how, what to click and make sure you save this painting because when you there is a quest log. It's kind of good. So if you paint the right painting, your quest log updates like mom's memories or whatever. Yeah. And you but you got to save that to the thing. And the main quest, like you can you can play through this game, and just walk walk over to the four the four paintings. And the four paintings will trigger. Well, you the, have to do some questing. I mean, do some, you? Yeah, because one of them is on top of the tallest building, and you have to do that. You have to get that pass. You're right. Okay, so there, so, so a, it's not. It's not. You can't. You can't just run straight to the four paintings. Yeah, you're right. But there is quite a few you things. Do, I, I think three and to of get them. To the, you could. And I want to mention the because uh, it actually leads to it. I want to mention the uh, hot air balloon. You have to do her little thing to get over there. I thought the uh, speaking of that the the hot air balloon I wrote the hot air balloon thing down because that's kind of it's kind of neat I've never rode I mean it's scripted but I've never rode in a hot air balloon in a video game before like you literally hop in a hot air balloon and you get this cool little scene of flying over the landscape now I wish I, this game I would love I know it's a small developer I would love a Series X enhancement or enhancement because <laughs> there's a lot of uh, pop in in this game if you don't know what pop in is that's when you're walking. Walking around and like stuff, like stuff just appears in front of you. Like trees show up and yeah, it's not quite like a curtain dropping, but it's no. it's yeah, it's not. It's it pop pop in's common, especially in low budget games. But so pop in the worst pop in you see in this is in the hot air balloon ride because as you raise up, uh, the forest and stuff starts. You get a really cool view of the world when you raise up at the hot air balloon. It stop it stops rendering the the forest below you. So it's weird. You get a weird view of all the trees and stuff all the details of the forest start disappearing but i thought the hot air balloon ride was i mean i wrote it down like i thought it was, it was a, pretty cool i thought it was pretty neat it's pretty cool hot air balloon ride up to these mountains and there's a one of these hot springs you're gathering you gather five hot springs for this other quest there's more lots of quests and every time you, you sit in a hot spring you get inspiration you get inspiration and the top of the mountain is one of the paintings uh one of the paintings for your mom mm-hmm. that's kind of cool it's a, like a the nava skyline or something like that something like that it's really interesting and then you do the hot air what's funny is you do the hot air balloon back but when you're on the way back you can fast forward it and if you fast forward it it goes like the game it goes too fast and the person you're riding with she like she's like flying behind you outside the i don't know if it's a glitch it happened to me it happened to blake so maybe it happens every time you fast forward because she is it, she's just flying behind you like just standing like she's in the hot air balloon but she's not in it it's just a little a little visual the, glitch the coding looks like um when you fast forward, you go forward, and the balloon goes forward, but she stays at the same speed. Yeah. So you you rock it, and you land, and you just see you're kind of like arcing through the sky slowly, lands inside the balloon, and then and gets out. To you. Yeah, it was, it was kind of funny. I didn't mind it. it, was, it, was, it was, uh, honestly, that was the only glitch I had in the entire game. That and... The hard crash. We had the exact same hard crash, which was strange. We're walking across. I think it's because you walk clear across the map. It's when you meet the herb lady. Mm-hmm. And the next thing the guy was like was like, go from here, go from her, go down to the river, catch a few fish you want. It's time to go back to Nava. And you and I sprint from her house onto the cobblestone all the all way across the, the town. It's not very far. And as you're crossing the bridge, because Nava, how we know, Nava's a pretty cool town on like a... A mountain with a huge bridge, well not, well, not wide, but like a long bridge arcing over to the town. It looks really cool. Mm-hmm. And then right at the top of the bridge, boom, hard crash. The game hard crash. And I was like, ah, that's annoying. I loaded my, I look, look at the game, you manual, manual save all the time, if you can remember, please. But the game does auto save. I'd auto save. Usually after every conversation. Auto save the conversation with the herbalist. I was like, dang, that sucks. And then I kind of walked yeah, back. Yeah, I had to go redo my fishing. Yeah, I think I did the fishing too. It's not very many. But anyway, you walk back to town. And then what was weird was Blake did it and had the exact same 
hard crash, which that's really odd. I, I think it had a lot to do because there's a lot going on in Nava, and I think there's not a lot going on in the woods. And I think it's just there's a lot of people through the woods you can talk to. And there's I'll mention right now that's uh, there's the random animals. There's not too many, but you play as you all your characters are you talk to, and probably you are too, an anthropomorphic animal. But then there's cat, there's there's actual animals, there's cats everywhere, and then those blue those blue Arctic foxes are all over the place. But so none of those things were anthropomorphized. Yeah, there's They're, no there's no cat people, and there's no fox people. But I just I always find it strange. I feel like, I feel like in other games, just anthropomorphized animals, and then there's other animals still running around. Not that I want little human beings, creepy human beings, being the animals and crawling around and doing things. That'd be terrifying. Well, Johnny, pick, I, I just pick up a chicken, strange. crack its neck, or pick up a small human, crack, crack its, its neck, and, and like throw it on a grill. And you're like, oh my god! <laughs> He's like, I love these creatures. They don't got feathers. Oh, that, <laughs> we got to shave the hair off. That would be funny, actually, but not fit the tone of this game. No, no, no. That'd be that'd, something. That'd be a great joke to put in a game like that, maybe. Um, but, but but there's a lot of go, like when it, as the game's loading the forest and loading all the stuff and the characters and all the plants. I feel like maybe just running across the entire because she's kind of closer. She's not. She's kind of she's past the first town, kind of in between the first town and, and Nava. And I think I, maybe it's just a weird thing. It's weird we got the same one, but sprinting sprinting for her across the map, maybe loading all that and then trying to load Nava because it's like the Nava theme kicks in the, the, the Nava city theme. Kicked in and went, and it made that noise and then booted and killed. I was like, okay, so it's maybe had a hard time loading, but it's fine. Like, one crash the entire game is nothing. I mean, that's, especially yeah, that's you know, and it's with it's the same one. They're the exact same circumstances. I wonder if we like, hey guys, fix can, this. I wonder, if you, I wonder if you can recreate it. I wonder if anybody, anybody else who plays this game, and maybe follows the guide because it's weird because it had to be, it had, I mean, it, it was it had to have been talking to that lady and then sprint over to Nava. So anybody else who plays the game and but we're also following the guide. Yeah, so anybody else who play anybody else who if anybody listeners play the game and are following the same true achievements guide and talk to the herbalist lady and then sprint to Nava and it hard crashes. I mean, it's funny. I mean, let let us know if you if we can keep recreating this crash <laughs> on this game. <laughs> Make sure you save before you walk into Nava maybe. Um yeah, I don't really want to I mean, I can go we can literally you can list off and go on to all these inter, like or the Okay, I don't want to spoil too much, but like that, we went to that farm and the guys like getting mad. People were stealing his apples, and you follow the apple trail. Oh, yeah, that was actually pretty cool. You put you follow the apple trail, and then you meet the kids, and they're not bad. He's like, oh, I'll take care of the kids. They're just hungry. And then later, spoilers, you, you, they said they crash land or crashed. You find their dad like sh- sh- stuck. Yeah, he's he crashed. He washed up somewhere else, and he can't get out. And you save him. And you take him back to his freaking family. I was like, man, well, you can just... tell him where his kids are. You could be like, I don't know, man. I don't know where the kids are. Well, yeah, that's the mean <laughs> thing. Get... That's the mean thing. But you can tell him where his kids are, and you and you, and you can you kind of be done with. But you want to get your quest complete. Yeah. And you run back to thing, and he's got his family back. It was like, man, that was cool. And like, that, they didn't have to write two parts. Like, the kids could just live at this farm. That could be the end, that could be the end of that story. Yeah. But they wrote a whole other part that's their dad's alive, and you get to put their family back together. I was like, dang, they really thought this stuff out. And that's just one of a number of different little things that may connect together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I really this is one of the one of the like this is what I like, that's why I like Game Pass and GameFly because who knows when I would have ever would have ever come across this kind of this kind of stuff and really like really got into it and really enjoyed. It. I, was, I was just like loving the flow and loving the people I was talking to and just the general getting around and doing the paintings. I was like, I'm really loving this. And I, I'll say that I I didn't look up my time, but I, I highly recommend if you uh, if any of what we said sounds 
remotely interesting. I think this game is worth your time. And since it's leaving, unless Game Pass, it's worth your money for sure. Ooh, not that price, though. Um, we, we didn't. We didn't. The price set. is like twenty five dollars, which yeah. isn't terrible. That's, I mean, twenty bucks. I get twenty bucks. Oh god, I would. I would give it twenty bucks. Twenty five. Maybe twenty. I, I hate that because because your work. So according to TA, I put in nine nine and a half hours. Did you put in like fifty? Yeah, it was like sixteen and a half. So I did the whole thing in not nine and a half hours. We talk about time value of money worth about about time, but this is I don't know. We talk about that a lot now. We, 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 we said like Artful Escape is like eleven ninety nine. I mean, I would pay less than ten for Artful Escape, probably. I mean, really, mm-hmm. versus your you know five hours of game time. It might be longer if you're really just hanging out hanging out in the maps. But this, I don't know, it was twenty five is high for an indie game. I feel like there's um, a lot of stuff. Like I said without a guide, you could play that game for a long time. And get lost in the world and stuff. Yeah, like oh, that. God really expedited how this how this could flow through. So I mean, yeah, you might get a lot more than ten hours out of this. I just don't pay twenty five dollars for a, a digital game that's not like we we pay around twenty 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 five for like something we co op, you know, stuff like that, yeah. and like full like DLC packs, and that just seems we're, we're frugal as hell about things. But uh, I mean, to support the developer, you can just pay twenty five, you know, twenty four ninety nine, and say you know I loved it. I would have honestly, but. Before playing the game, I would have had no idea, and I would have never have paid twenty five dollars for this game. But luckily for me, it was on Game Pass. I would have bought this probably at the ten dollar range, just because that's my line. Yeah. That's my line of usually buying things based off. There's a lot of criteria. I'm, I'm I'm a maniac when it comes to spending money on video games right now because of Game Pass and GameFly. Why would I spend more money? Um, but I would have bought this probably around the ten dollar range and been stoked about ten dollars for the experience that I had with this, and I got to play it on Game Pass. So. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Uh, I really love this game, and I'm so glad that I that I uh, stumbled upon it and got to experience it. Oh um, yeah, you, I know, sure. I know you liked it a little less, a little less than I did. Probably maybe a lot less than I did. But uh, I, I, I think you played it first, and I, and I had to give you a little push. I played further yeah, I was than you. Like, Meh. And I kind of gave you a little push. I was like, you kind of really get into the flow of it once you get out. You got to get out of the first town and get to Nava, and things start really kind of picking up in the storylines and. I think it's a great experience, and I, I loved, you know, I just, I don't know, something about the world, the characters, and all the different voice acts, I don't know, it all comes, it's an opinion, so it's hard to put it into words, and get other people to agree with your opinion, because people don't care about your opinion, but um, one of the better things I've played, probably all year, honestly, when I play a lot of video games, this is one of the more uh, entertaining things that I, I'm so glad that I got a chance to experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, you can't talk. You, can't talk my words. Yeah, you you liked it a lot more than I did. Yeah, I wish you. I, mean, I wish you liked it more. I tried to. I tried to talk it up for him a little bit, and I was like, man, you got to get into these storylines, and some of them are good. They're not. They're not all gold. They can't. Yeah. They can't write gold for everything they do. And none of these stories are like anything you haven't seen before. Oh, it's yeah, just well written, and the voice actors. All the voice actors put up their A game. There's nobody just has just like an awful, awful voice. Who you know. Or any like annoying stuff. There's some people that have strange voices because they're strange animals. But uh, I don't know. I'm gonna stop raving about. it, I guess I think it's worth any anybody's. If you like this stuff, if you like shooting games, you're not gonna like East Shade. But if you like a cool story, multiple stories in, in a, a pretty world, and I, I'd love. I know I don't. They never will. But I'd love a an enhancement. An enha- and a Series X enhancement on this game across the board would like increase how how already inherently kind of gorgeous. It's it's all into the art style, the way the game is. The game doesn't look like a 
next-gen game by any means. It's clearly an Xbox One or a PS4 game to the best of the ability of an of a indie developer, but it looks really good. There's lots of things that are just gorgeous, and you're like, this looks really good for a, a small team to do. And, like, I don't know why more so many small teams focus on, we say it like over and over again, pixel art games or just small, I don't want to say like Artful Escape, just running running back. The same size team, now I don't want to speak too ill of Artful Escape, but the same size team made Artful Escape that made East Shade. And I got far more enjoyment out of the world that they built in East Shade. It's, well, this could, that's, just, that's, just a, that's just a matter of taste. Like I enjoy the, I love fantasy more than sci-fi, just in general. Oh, yeah. So that's not Artful Escape's fault at all. I always love fantasy more anyway. But, uh, and you look at them side by side. This is That was ironic. I didn't know the team size was the five people team sizes. Yeah. Look at these games side by side, and it's 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 freaking trippy that people should, you know, don't stop making games like Artful Escape and maybe stop making pixel games. But, like, if you could, if a five-person team can pull off E-Shade, we need more of that. Oh, for sure. Totes. Yeah. So... I'll stop raving about this game. I really hope people play it. I would love people to write in, write in, tell me, tell me, tell us their their favorite their short favorite story favorite little short story they got to experience. I shared a couple of mine, uh, maybe not all of them because there's so many. But uh, I'll wrap it up here and say I loved it and Blake kind of liked it. And I little, beat it. He beat it. <laughs> and like uh, a redheaded stepchild. Oh, jeez. Um, so I'll wrap. We'll, we'll end that there, and we'll let Blake uh, get into this. Probably, probably kind of quick for the time frame of this podcast. Uh, a, a, a movie, real fast. Yeah. All right. So, the movie I'm going to be talking about this week. It's I think it's the oldest one I've talked about thus far. Yeah, I think it's it's an older one. Uh, from 1976. Now, it was originally titled "Created to Kill," but I guess that one. They wanted to get people to go see the movie, and then that title with what the movie actually is doesn't make any sense. None at all. Now, admittedly, it's categorized as a sci-fi horror, mm-hmm. and the horror is light. But it was rebranded uh, Embryo. Which makes so much which more sense. Which makes so much more sense. And you can find it by both, but Embryo seems to be the title that it goes. Now, forewarning, there is another movie in like that came out last year or this year called embryo as well and it's about a lady who gets abducted by aliens and impregnated by aliens that's not this movie you want the 19 whatever 1976 yeah embryo with rock hudson yeah before he gets into it so i found this movie and watched it first by by sure chances me and my fiance jessica picked up we try to watch everything horror we can find in our local little buy sell trade store mckay's any national locals will know mckay's we picked up this six movie horror collection. I'm like, why not? It was like two dollars, you know. And six movies. We've now watched two of them. Uh, first was Created to Kill. I found out later it was called Embryo. I liked it enough. I was like, oh, I like this movie a lot. I think it's worth owning outside of a collection. So I actually ended up buying a, the DVD for Embryo. Mm-hmm. That's how I found out it had a different name. So I actually physically bought a, like, a, ironically, an unopened copy of a DVD of Embryo for Blake to watch. And that's he actually liked it a lot too and wanted to talk about it. And I have another movie which I'm not going to say on here because we might talk about it eventually in the same collection, um, which turned out to be really good too. So I'm kind of kind of excited to... And you, you know, bought a physical copy of that? I bought a physical copy of that movie too. So I've now bought two separate DVDs off of this six-movie collection. So we're two for you know, two for two so far on, on a weird, random collection. So maybe 
I don't want to say people buy these weird collections you see for $2 at a dollar store, but I don't know. This one's, this one's really paying off. These, these people who put this collection together know what they're talking about. Uh, so, like I said earlier, uh, Embryo, 1976. Rock Hudson. Rock Stars Rock Hudson, who was a pretty big heartthrob and really good, like, detective actor. And he's played a lot... He's played a lot of things, but I didn't know anything he'd been in. I just rec- recognized the name Rock Hudson as a big, big name from... Okay, well, I've already spoken about Rock Hudson, but I'll come back to him in a second. I want to talk about the writer-director real quick. Mm-hmm. Now, the director, a gentleman named Ralph Nelson, unfortunately, I don't have anything to compare him to. I looked through his entire IMDb thing, and I didn't recognize any of it. Mm-hmm. But he's made, uh, from 1962 to 1975, he had made 16 movies for actual movies and then 19 TV or 16 movies and then just nine TV movies. Okay. So he'd done a That's bunch a lot of, of t- movies. That's a lot of movies for a short period of time. It was like less than 10 years, 13 years. So That's pretty good. Uh, then the, the writer had two, someone wrote the story and then they co-wrote the screenplay. Mm-hmm. A gentleman named Jack W. Thomas. He'd only written, Six things. I didn't recognize any of them, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I, I tried. I, I I did try, but I was like, I don't know what any of these are. Because yeah, again, we just stumbled upon this movie. Like this. These, these are older movies too, mm-hmm. and uh, the the a woman named Anita Duhan, du, Duhan, Duhan maybe, uh, and she's written five movies. Two of them were shorts from back in the seventies, and I was no, they were in the eighties. But I, I didn't recognize any of her stuff either. But one random kind of cool thing, this was her first thing she ever wrote, mm-hmm. and it was his last thing he ever wrote. Well, that's weird. Yeah. Huh, that's interesting. Uh, at least according to IMDb, yeah. for movie-wise. I don't know if they did anything else, but that was a weird, like, eh, first and last. <laughs> Let's be done. But that's kind of it for them. Unfortunately, I don't have anything else to compare their stuff to, but it is, you know, it is what it is. So I said earlier... Uh, Rock Hudson, big, great actor, starred in 76 things from 48 to 85. And I believe he passed in 85 on a show called Dynasty before uh, he had in real life, before it came to fruition. Now, he plays the character Dr. Paul Holliston, who is the, the main character, mm-hmm. pretty much. He's the actor, star, and she's the actress. And, okay, kind of real quick. Dr. Paul Holliston, uh, the movie kind of goes at a bit breaknecky pace early on. Mm-hmm. Where he's, the whole thing actually kind of yeah. moves, moves pretty quickly. So he's driving home one night, and as he's coming home, uh, he sees a dog shoot across the street, and he tries to dodge it, but he ends up hitting the dog. And he, you know, just, this goes to, it's character. This is, and it does a crazy thing. Well, like the first 20 or 30 minutes of the movie, there's no actual dialogue. It's all voiceover because he's recording himself or going through some of these experiments. It's literally, it's like a, it's all voiceover. So it's kind of strange. Yeah. But he hits this dog, feels real bad, tries to see if he can't like help it. He And he's like, I can't help it here. So he he literally, it's raining. Of course, it's always got to be sad raining in a movie. So he, he pulls the dog, wraps it in his jacket, sits in his back seat, and he takes it home. And he has a he has a live-in assistant, which I think is his sister-in-law. And she, he's like, "Hey, help me, help me! I hit her. I'm trying to, I'm trying to help." You know, he's a, he, I know he's some sort of scientist. Or is he a vet, or he's just like a? He's a <clears throat> just like a doctor scientist. He, he, he has medical experience. They don't really explain. They say that since her sister 
his wife died, he hadn't stepped foot down in the lab again because he'd okay. been because I think they were working together. They were both really high end doctors trying to help do stuff. And anyway, he comes home. He's it's the first time he's stepped stepped foot into the lab, and he's trying to help this dog. And the sister, his sister in law, was like, "Oh, okay, Paul, help. Oh, what do I need to do?" And he's like, "Give me this. Give me that." And they start pulling the blankets off these lab equipments, and dust is going places. And he sets the dog down, and he's like, "Cool, thank you. Leave. I I, I need to do this myself because you know." And the goal is he realizes he can't save the dog. he can't save the dog, but the dog is pregnant with puppies. And he's like, if I can't save her, maybe I can save her puppies. And so he pull, he rigs together this, frankly, an amazing like <laughs> artificial wombs. Nineteen seventy six, like they're artificial wombs. He he literally takes veins from the mom, and he puts these little units really close to him, like these fish bowls, fish tanks. And takes veins from the fish and sews, uh, like attaches it to the embryos and lets them grow with oxygen masks, like oxygen rich. It's like not, it's oxygen liquid. I guess it's crazy. It's we, it's we, you know, you can. I forget what the exact term, but oxygen liquid, but yeah. like divers and stuff. He fills these tanks with them, and he essentially makes artificial wombs for these puppies. And he's like, uh, he's like, he has to go back and do his research because this is actually. Coincidentally enough, this is part of the research that he and his wife were doing. We're studying uh, stem cells and uh, embryonic and saving saving dying embryos. Yeah, dying babies. they try to help uh, people who have had miscarriages and stuff to recover. Lucky dog. <laughs> well, lucky. Well, dog hit by a car. So I don't know, I don't know, True. I don't know, I don't know about that. And uh, you know, push comes to shove. Unfortunately, the the mom can't stay alive any longer. She's not. She wasn't going to live anyway. But she was failing, and it was causing all the other embryos to fail. And one. Saves one of them. One of them he managed to save, and through a, ma- a big injection of like some some stem cells, some something else, and it bolstered its uh, growth rate. And so it went from being an embryo to being a puppy to being a full-grown dog in two days. Yeah. Yeah, so then he starts. I mean, a little too much. He starts um, playing it off like it's the other dog, like it's the Every, same dog. He, he comes out. And he's like, I think his son, his son and his her wife, his, his wife, wife, come over. and His assistants there, and they're playing with the dog, and they're like, "Oh, it's so amazing how you how you saved this dog and hit by a car." And he's like, "Yeah, it's amazing. It's totally amazing." And but it's really the it's really the embryo of a puppy that he he grew up over overnight or over two days or over two days. It was yeah. He must have kept her kept the assistant out of there so she didn't know. But then but the other the mom had died of course but yeah like he grew up this dog over to like full grown and it's, everybody, a, it, it's a gorgeous dog it's a it's a doberman it's a gorgeous doberman yeah, but, he, but everybody thinks it's the the same dog which is kind of interesting so well because it does this also due to the uh this is this is a key point due to the the growth uh stimuli uh it also has higher brain function it's not like talking or anything but it is incredibly smart, smart. And it does all. It just it just kind of shows off of those cool things like a, a trained animal. It, it, yeah, it's, it's just a, in the real world. It's just a really well trained dog. And he did. It's just really cool though. So they. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And he, then he gets to another thing where, he's like, if I could do this, of with course, a, with a step? dog, he's like, what if I could save something else? And so 
he isn't in the medical field anymore. He's stepped away because of his wife's death and everything. But he has a friend who is a doctor at a local hospital. Yeah, I forget how, I forget how he gets to that baby. And he was like, hey, man, um, give me something. He's like, no, dude, that's weird. He's like, look, man, I'm, I'm trying to get back and trying to, this could help the world. And he's like, I'm not going to make any promises. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it's kind of hard to track the time in the movies because it doesn't, like, four it's, weeks it's, later. It's, it's kind of chugging along. It's just kind of, like, later. So, so I will say we should stop here because of, not here, but so he does, his friend acquires him a baby. Uh, an embryo. An embryo. It, it, it's like uh, he requires, like, an, a, a miscarried embryo and yeah. a miscarriage so I don't want to go too much because this is where the movie gets really really. I mean the dog stuff is already very interesting so I, I think we'll cut it off here for the rest of the movie Yeah. but as you can guess by what happened with the dog um, it's no sport it's the whole movie he's successful with the embryo to get it to grow up so I don't want to get too much into that if you want to talk about I just want to talk about the actress the actress there's, a, there's an actress who plays the, the grown up like adult he grows up overnight or over two days. Yeah, that's part of the tagline. I'll get to that here in a okay. second. Okay, so I don't want to spoil anymore because it's really interesting the whole, the process of that and who she becomes is the movie and what happens throughout the other other. There's lots of great scenes. And her and the dog have this weird connection, and it's just like it's it's interesting. Her and the dog are connected in some strange way. Because he senses that what you know, what she is, I similar. guess, and she kind of knows how what the dog is. But uh, I think we'll wrap it up with uh, you saying the actress. The actress is great. She did a good job. Her name is uh, Barbara Carrera. Mm-hmm. And now she plays the uh, Victoria. Victoria. Victoria Spencer is what she becomes last, named as. Well, oh, it's just a made-up name. He mm-hmm. knows, yeah. Now she's done quite a few things, but they were later. She's done forty-one things from nineteen seventy to two thousand and four. Huh? She did movies, but the reason she did a lot of movies because she's also uh, a model. Yeah. I don't want. She's a uh, from Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. And so she was a model from there and did all that stuff and did movies whenever she was offered or was just bored. Yeah. Some of, so some of the cool things in her repertoire, though, like the, I'll give you three cool things. Uh, she played herself in an episode of That 70s Show. Okay. So which, is, which is super weird, but she played herself in an episode of That 70s Show. Uh, she is in the original version of, um, of The Island of Dr. Moreau as the, one of the, as the only human female on the island. Who is Doc Murrell's daughter, Monica, who is played by? Uh, there's an original. There's a movie before the movie we know. 1977. Yeah. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's better than the. No, it's rated PG, so maybe it's a little different. Well, so it's this. <laughs> yeah, true. Who knows? Yeah, that is weird. This is rated PG. <laughs> considering there's a nude ballerina scene. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. His movie, his movie is rated PG for 1976, and there is a scene where she dances around naked. It's it's. The scene makes sense in the scheme of things, but like, oh, this is PG. This is PG? Okay. <laughs> uh, besides uh, her, her, playing herself and being an uh, island of Dr. Moreau, she's a Bond girl. Oh, really? And never say never again. She plays a uh, Fatima. Dang, we, we, we probably watched that one. Probably did. And, uh, we would have no way of knowing. That there, yeah, there's a massive difference between, because this was 1976, and that was, actually, I don't know when. I didn't look that up, but anyway. That's cool. Yeah, she's good in this. Too. Oh yeah, she's a really good actress. And now we talked about it. This would be my last thing, and then I'll do the tagline, and we'll end it out. Uh, but we said it earlier it was called "Created to Kill," mm-hmm. which really doesn't make any sense based off the story. Because they're not. So yeah, I think I don't want to spoil. Don't worry about spoiling that. Yeah, I think that was to pull people in. To because it's a horror sci-fi thing, and it's not really it's more thriller. It's there's it's just barely sci- any like a barely thriller, like a sci-fi 
science thriller, really. Yeah, yeah. I don't see. There's it's not, not a lot of maybe work. it was horror in '76, but yeah, it's not. We desensitized to stuff like there's way I've seen way worse stuff. Yeah, and then it became known as embryo. Now in most every other country, it was called like embryo or the embryo or you know in that version. Mm-hmm. Baby it, get big. Yeah, well, except they, for in two countries, call, had, that, that's not real. <laughs> in two countries, it had a slightly different name. In Spain, it was called uh, La Creature de, uh, del Inferno. So, creature of hell. Yeah, or hellish creature, depending hellish on creature. how. Uh, so, I was like, that's a weird name for that movie. Also, it's along the lines of the other one. It doesn't fit yeah. the movie. Now, Germany had probably the most accurate created to die. Uh, maybe it's not really spoiler because of what happens, but uh. But well, everyone's created to die eventually, anyway. Yeah. But. Okay, that's strange. That's opposite but, of what weird how Germany translated that to be completely different than everything. Yeah. Else. I uh, thought that was kind of. Em, but embryo, obviously, by what we said, embryo is the most fitting name for the movie. I don't. I might have to start looking into that about alternate titles in other countries, just because I've never looked at that before. Because it this is the first time I've ever seen it. Now, there's a difference between like, uh, we have the Avengers. And they have well, Avengers like Assemble. UK was called the Avengers Assemble and. Stuff like that. I was like, oh, whatever. But anyway, a very good movie. Truly good. The acting was great. Uh, and the science, although wacky, is so real. That game, op- that movie opens with the lines of what you're about to see can happen or something like that. It's like, it's like not this, now or not at whatever, but like, I forgot about that opening line. Yeah. <clears throat> it's just words on a screen. What you're about to see is real. I was like, okay. The science exists, but. Hasn't actually been. Yeah, I forget proven. the actual. I forget if you should. I wish we had the actual yeah. words. I, was, I read that. I was like, and I hadn't seen the movie. Cause it's the first thing you see, and I'm like, okay. But now watching the movie, I'm like, that a bit of a stretch. I mean, what? Well, I mean, the artificial wombs, uh, stem, stem cell cells, research. Yeah, because stem cells people been stopped use, for so long. Yeah. I mean, maybe not growing an embryo in until that the, fast. Until an adult, yeah. But like, they use stem cells to to heal things. Yeah. And, that's about, I forgot about that little opening thing right there. Yeah. That's kind of cool. But uh, so the last thing I'll do will be the tagline, uh-huh. and then uh. Are you done, Drew? That's all I got. Yeah, I'll let Blake wrap up here. I'll say, everybody, you know, thanks for listening. Uh, write into us. Jump on all our internet stuff, like we always say. I mean, we're on everything. We like to interact with people or hear your thoughts on the stuff we talk about. We want some of that. People are just scared of us because we sound real mean on the podcast. Because we're so awesome. I guess. We're too super famous to talk to. That's fair. I can, I can see it. Yeah. All right. That's all I got. Thanks for listening. And so the tagline... For 1976's Embryo, from embryo to woman in four and a half weeks. That's it? That's it. That's the tagline. (laughs) I want to wish everybody a good evening and good night.